1069. Welcome to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. We're also online at WRQK.com. If you missed last week's shows, that's where you can podcast those. Joined every morning by Matthew Fantone. How are you, buddy? Oh, I can't complain at all. Feeling good on a Monday. Uh, ready to face the work week. Had a good weekend, but it was over way too quick. I guess that's the story with weekends, though, right? I, uh, I killed my weekend by sleeping. I like that's literally all I did. Papa Bear went into hibernation. Yeah, I uh, I was not feeling well. I had spent about ninety five dollars on medicine over the, like the last week, and uh, Friday I was in bed, out cold, by five o'clock in the afternoon. Like it was four o'clock in the afternoon. I was on my couch and I was like, and I had already taken a nap, and I was like. Why am I on my couch? Just go to bed. Yeah. Just go to the bed. I so, don't I don't know why that pride happens in us where we're like, no, I'm not gonna I'm not going to bed. I'm not gonna go to bed. It's like, dude, just go to bed. Just you're go to bed. I'm a couch. You're go right there. The yeah, just, just just you got cable in there, you're fine. Just go in there. So I went in there and uh and next thing I know I woke up, it was seven o'clock in the morning. Jeez. So I slept fourteen Jesus, hours. Dude. Yeah. That's that's almost kind of concerning to sleep for fourteen hours. Had fever dreams. God damn. Remember them and was like hours. and I was like present in the moment of the dream, like saying to myself, That's stupid, don't do that. And I could feel myself saying, This is a dream, it doesn't matter. You can get caught, it doesn't matter. God, dude, I gotta get this concoction of cocktail or chemicals that you put into your body there. What kind of what kind of cold medicine were you taking? Dude? I was out cold. Must have been all of the cold medicine. Stansbury just went into the Walmart cold aisle took it all took it all at once. Woke up Don't Saturday feeling terrible after sleeping fourteen hours. Felt terrible. Well, I mean, honestly, when you woke up, dude, there had to have been a little bit of like body hangover there of like what the hell just yeah. happened? Like you put that much medicine into you, and yeah, there's gonna be some issues. And so, like, uh, so I felt awful all day Saturday. Then I went to bed really early Saturday too. Went right. to bed at like seven o'clock at night. Slept another twelve hours. Woke up 7 o'clock yesterday morning, and then I felt a little bit better. And now today, I feel pretty good. I went to bed really early last night, got a lot of sleep again last night. So I'm, like, sleeping this cold out of me. Right. And I am. I'm starting to be, like, on the mend. I can feel it. I'm, I, you know, I'm much, much better than I have been over the last few days. But literally, all I did all weekend was sleep. And then the, mom- the, like, the moments I was awake, I spent online car shopping. Because if you weren't listening last week, my car just exploded on the freeway on the way home uh, from playing around a golf uh, late last week. And so I'm kind of like, you know, been trying to, you know, find that. So I think I have found it. I think I have found that there had been a car I'd been looking at online for a little while. And I had said, okay, well, if if my life just puts me in this situation where I kind of have to do it, maybe I'll just go do this if it's still available. Sometimes that sucks. And sometimes that's the best way to face a big decision is to be forced into it where you're like, well, dude, I got no other option. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that I don't want to call it a rock bottom, but like sometimes that is like, well, what else am I going to do? Right. It's it, Well, yeah, there's nothing else right. you can do. And so I, I so I looked online again via an app I have on my phone, cars.com, and I was like, okay, well, you, look, the car's still there. Now, I, um, I, I, what I'm planning on doing is calling them today right. and scheduling you know, an appointment. Maybe I can go out there, take a test drive for it, because I believe it's Cuyahoga Falls where it is. Okay. Um, but, it's, uh, but it's decently priced. It's a, you know, it's a car that I'm interested in. And, and so I, I, I think I may have found... A, uh, a solution and that would be good it's it's such a um a balancing act there when you're buying a car where it's like well i want to keep shopping around looking for better options or looking for better prices or looking for better you know something that might fit me better but at the same time you want to pull the trigger because you don't want to hey i kind of like this car maybe i should right. get this car and then boom next day you check the website it's gone can't do anything yeah cars you know and then yeah. you're like damn it i could buy the same car but for five thousand dollars more yeah dude it, it is it's a stressful it's a stressful decision there's no question about it being a single person when things like this happen 
happen is tough because it's like, okay, well, how do I get someplace to do a test drive? Right. I mean, who wants to go to a car dealership with you? Nobody. Nobody that stuff no. takes hours. No. You know what I mean? So, and so it, it, it's one of these things where it's like, and now I'm trying to figure out my schedule and like, you know, at, and you know me, I hate asking people for a favor. I hate it. You need a ride, buddy. I'll certainly come I, Drop you off, pick you up, drop you off. Well, here's that. what I was saying. I mean, why not just Uber it? You can Uber it and drive and pick up an Uber. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess only, I could. It's not only for being drunk. Like, oh, no, dude, sorry. I do forget that. Sir, are you sober? You cannot get in the back of my... <laughs> I uh, I have always treated Uber like it no. is only for being drunk. No. But much like, uh, it's like, you know, prostitutes are only for sex, uh-uh. not the love thing. No, dude, you can uh, you can find love with a prostitute. You can find a sober ride with I, uh, Dude, yeah, don't... You should have led with the other one. Yeah, no, you no, could. No, 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 could. I, I, you know, I don't know about all that so i uh so but but i believe i'm circling the drain on a on a solution i uh i am again and i know uh you know hardcore listeners of the program aren't going to be shocked about this but i am facing doing yet again another radio show without uh radio equipment in front of me uh to do it we turned my computer on it's got a red light it started screaming bloody murder at us and so we've just decided just to let it go um there will be no anger I will have no anger. I've reached legitimately, I think, what is uh, the Joker moment in life where, where you're no longer mad. It's, everything's now just hysterical and, uh, and really funny. So I will, uh, I will apologize if there are some hiccups in today's program that uh, I'm going to blame that as part of it. Uh, it should go, however, this program should go a little bit easier than apparently the Oscars last night. Apparently yeah. they screwed up like the best movie. And, Indeed they did. At the whole thing, Warren Beatty was up there. Like, I, I didn't see this. I was asleep well before the Oscars even started. Uh, just let me guess. Let me guess. I bet nobody liked the president, and they boldly told a room full of people that don't like him either. Uh, I'm willing to bet I'm going to read all about that today. And uh, I don't know. It seems like politics have at least kind of for the moment. It's not like I watched it either, but it seems like anything like that has kind of got pushed to the back burner just based on this biffing of the uh, good of the good. I'd rather have that kind of story. I'd rather have that. I would rather have that today. I'd rather have a a major screw up about people announcing uh, the winner of movies. Nobody watched. Yeah, uh, honestly, I mean, all those movies last night, I was like, all right, well, maybe I've seen, nope, not a single one of them, I, like, well, don't know, I don't know any of them. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not a musical guy, so La La Land, like, right, you know what I mean, it's just, it's just not what I'm going to do. Now, my, I, I hate to be all stereotypical here, but I, my gay cousin loved it. He did, he was, like, constantly talking about that movie online, talked about how it was, like, the best movie ever made. So I think, like, for their intended target, they made a really good movie. It's just, I don't really care about that. I'd rather watch Ryan Gosling in The Good Guys with Russell Crowe be, you know, an investigator. I'm not a musical dude. I, I, I honestly, like, outside of hearing about it last night, I don't, I didn't know about this movie. I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know it was a musical. Like, I had no idea this was this was even, you know, a part of what was going on in America. That's why I always get like so tripped up about the Oscars when you know people complain about who wins, oh who gets nominated. And it's like, cause it's Can always, you believe? it's always this list of movies. I mean, it's, it's been the list it's... of movies nobody's watched since Chocolate. Lot. Remember no, that? Like no. when that was like the big thing at the Oscars and everyone was like, dude, nobody saw that movie. Now, maybe I don't have the most refined taste in movies. It's not like I'm like a... Uh, now, the know, WWE uh, Network. No, right. <laughs> I, I, I will make room for that. But at the same time, I'm not like a slack-jawed yokel. I'm not like walking around barefoot like, you know, I, 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 I'm not... I, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm behind the times when it comes to culture. So it just, to me, it just feels like it's so 
like pretentious and so pompous and so up its own ass where it's like, well, dude, I'm, I, I don't want to say like, like I said, well, at least a little bit more cultured than I would say the average bear. Yeah, but you don't go to the movies either. Uh, yeah, but I mean, at least one of these movies, one of these things, one of, eventually along the line, my girlfriend saying, hey, let's watch this or do this or something or taking me there. And I just feel like it, it, it's so, this is so far removed from what mainstream America really is watching, doing, being a part of. And I'm not just saying, well, give the award to the highest grossing film of the year. It's not what I'm saying. No, because Star Wars would right. win. Right. I get that, but it just it just feels so... Although, but maybe those movies should it win. It just feels so pretentious to me. I mean, shouldn't... Well, I guess they probably... Well, but then... With the, what but, is the award for, like, the average person watching movies? But the then, MTV Movie Awards. And then with the Grammys, it would just be whoever sold the most records that year. There would be no reason for award shows. There would be well, no that reason... that kind of happened this year. There would be no reason for opinion or anything like that just because we would just go based off record sales, album sales, streaming, uh, ticket sales, things like that. So, uh, you know, I guess there has to be something other than just, hey, how much money did you make? But it just feels very pretentious. So they had that screw up, and they also, uh, apparently, in the in memoriam, they put a, a woman's photo in there who was actually still alive. Whoops. So, so they screwed that up, and Whoops. apparently they left, were dead. they left Bill Paxton out. Um, well, that's probably hard to to turn around that quick. I mean, the entertainment industry can't get a photo what, of Bill Paxton. What time did he die? I mean, like, I don't know what time he died. I don't know when that happened yesterday because that was all yesterday, like morning, right? Yeah, I, I, I when know, I read it, I don't know when the I don't know when that all. I mean, it's video editing, right? I Not mean, the hardest thing in the world, but I mean, we have. I mean, technically, we have computers here that could do that. I would just. So I don't know if there's like a, well, let's wait until we clear the family or like something like that. Like if it's that, then I totally understand it. But Bill Paxton was a pretty damn good actor. I don't know why people, again, this is the show you got to understand. We're the guys that don't understand why people freak out over the death. I'm so heartbroken. Over the death. Listen, if it's, if, and honestly, I, cause this morning I put it up at WRQK.com, the best of Bill Paxton. And there was a little bit of me that's like, damn, dude, this guy's been in a bunch of good movies, but I'm not going to say like I'm heartbroken. I'm not like, oh, my, my heart, Bill Paxton, how could you have had, my gosh, an untimely death? It's like, dude, the guy was a good actor. See, for me, there's two things. There's two things. You're either Chet from Weird Science or it's game over. Outside of that, I, I don't really, I didn't care about Big Love, and I, and I, which was very funny because when everybody was like sobbing all over Facebook yesterday, nobody talked about how it was Big Love that they're going to miss him from. But that show was like, I was told at the moment when it was on TV how big of a show it was. And that was the show about like the Mormons or the polygamists yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I think what happens there is people will go back to the... What they what they remember as a kid. Right. They're exactly. Exactly. The most iconic child memory That's probably that you have. True. And with Bill Paxton, you're right. I mean, and, and he's... It's weird time. Only dude, only dude who was killed by a terminal a predator and an alien like in the history of the world so Bill Paxton constantly getting just just murdered in movies but uh weird science is kind of where I go with him too in my head yeah he's always going to be right. Chet to me right you know what I mean I was like nine years old when that movie came out I you know I wanted to be those two kids more than anything in the whole wide world thought they were the coolest things ever you know what I mean nerds go to cool so like yeah that movie you know struck a chord with me I love all John Hughes oh pro- uh you know productions Bill but Paxton. But yeah, when I read that yesterday, I was like, I was like, oh my god, people are going to be nauseating about yeah. this. Yeah, sorry to the Paxton family, and other than that, like, I don't know, I'll just go watch Weird Science. He's still, he's still there for me. That's right? just it. Like, he's still there for me and aliens. Although I, t- I, I, you know, there's a TV network. I forget which one that's going to be uh, scrambling trying to figure out what to do because he was in that new training. Day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's in that new training day, which apparently they did seven episodes of, and I don't know. I mean, I, we don't know if it was going to be any good, and you know, need an extension or whatever. But yeah. 
yeah, they had, uh, and I know they flopped the roles in that because you kind of have to do that now, where they made Bill Paxton like the bad guy, and uh, so I'm interested to see what they're going to do there. Um, because that's all the, you know. That's all you know. TV's doing now. You got Lethal Weapon, you know. And here comes Training Day, and now I Taken's now a TV show. They've done that. It's like they're legitimately. There is no more ideas. We're officially out of like creative uh, writers in Hollywood. It's weird. It's uh, and uh, you know, I don't watch the Oscars, so that whole thing, that whole myth last night, doesn't really uh, strike a chord with me. I'm not one of those people that will go to an Oscars party or, God forbid, host one. Uh, I, I would never do uh, the like. We do have some awesome stuff to give you uh, today. We have Skid Row tickets. They're playing April 15th, Hard Rock Roxino. We'll hit 7.30. We'll get choked up at those. Norm MacDonald playing the Roxino on April the 14th. We'll give you those at 8.30. And then a four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge game, 9.30. And Fantone, it turns out there is a huge threat to the world's oldest industry. We'll tell you what that is next on the Stansbury. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. If you're carrying around some credit card debt, let's get that paid down. I've been banking with CSC Federal Credit Union for a while. They're helping me turn my credit around. They want to help you, too. So they're going to take your credit card balance, move it over to a CSC Visa card. You'll get a lower APR, get a pay down, and your credit gets turned around. CSC can be found online at cscfcu.com. And that's where you can find out where their four convenient locations are. 100% local, CSE is, not planning to change anytime soon. More info, CSEFCU.com. Coming up at 7.30, we'll get you hooked up with Skid Row tickets. Their show April 15th at the Hard Rock. We'll do that at 7.30. Fantone, there is a threat there is to the world's oldest industry. Okay. Over in Australia, where brothels apparently are legal... Over in the land down under there. There, uh, uh, yeah, uh, from what I'm reading, brothels are legal. And the woman who owns and operates the Viper Room, Joan Leeds, says that she thinks by year's end, more than half of the legal brothels in Queensland will close. So there's, we're under attack, under siege is what she's calling Jeez. it. And says that the world's oldest profession is in danger. And she's blaming Tinder. Ah. And she's saying that the, that the guys who would normally come in Friday, Saturday night to use the prostitutes are no longer doing so because Tinder, well, is free and it's a place where people go just to have sex. And so she's like, it, it's really driving down the need for prostitution. Now I'd be interested to find out in Vegas whether or not they, you know, they feel like this is happening. I didn't think about this. Um I just can't I mean I, how how successful are people on Tinder? I That's just, my thing. The is, thing with a hooker you're successful 100% of the time so long as that you have the money. The thing with Tinder is like honestly there's a lot of trial and error that oh, goes it's into awful. that. Right. So like, It's awful. And so like I I was kind of curious about that too because what what really what Tinder started out for she's right it was to target those people it was solely so you could have sex and then of course people ruined it by cat pictures and 
you know, I'm sick of liars and cheats. I'm here to find the love of my life on the app created for us to swap, you know, herpes. Well, and you have to think, too, that just because a, a woman is on Tinder and that she's looking for sex, it doesn't mean she's looking for sex with you. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not like, oh, any dude on Tinder, yeah, it's probably just hooking up with whatever chick will give him the time of day. But chicks aren't necessarily like that. So I don't know how. how and it, let's be real. There's a lot of bots and stuff and like spam and Tinder and stuff like that. And people that are doing it just to like fake, you know, to catfish you essentially. So I, I maybe Australia Tinder has a higher success rate, but I, I don't think that this would be a ver- like a like a like a real option for replacing prostitution. She said, if you speak to the people who go on Internet dating sites, it's hookup. Most of them are expecting sex. That's what happens. She sure. says Tinder, especially sure. She bought her business back in 06. And she says her business has seen no growth over the past four years. And she goes, if you do the math, that's when those dating apps started to come out and started to gain popularity. And she's right. That is when that happened. Yeah, but that's not when it became like mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Like the day one of Tinder, it's not like everybody was on there. No, but but to pretend that some of this business hasn't gone down because of that would be, well, denial. Obviously, people who can have, there's now something available that you didn't have at your fingertips before via your cell phone as easily like being in the bar, being on Tinder, matching with somebody, realizing that you're both down the street and hooking up. That is sure. now obviously easier than ever before. That is obviously going to target the market of people who would take money out of their pocket, go to a brothel and pay a prostitute for sure. Now, they're facing also some other problems. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think it's short sighted to think that's why your business hasn't grown. I bet you there's a million reasons why this woman's business hasn't grown. Well, what, what, what are are they then? I don't know. You know, if 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 well, if, we can't just dismiss well, if something. You, if you hit a point of saturation with prostitutes, and it's like, all right, well, this, these these are the there's, guys, a, there's a saturation point of people are, wanting to have sex. There's only so many people who are going to pay for it. And if you kind of hit that point in your town, in your city, in your in, in your in your you know community of men, I would say you're wrong only because dudes turn 18 every day. I, Much like how there's dude, always going to be strippers. Well, dudes die every day. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I just, I just think there's yeah, probably. But, but my answer is the one that refills the bucket, though. Well, is you're the emptying thing. that bucket just as quick, right? I mean, people are dying. Dudes yeah, are dying but if, every day. But, let's, but, but, but if we make it one for one, then we're back at square one. So that's not <laughs> but it. But you're not growing then. Okay, I could see no growth there, but she's saying that not only is she not seeing growth, but, the, but honestly, she's like, her thing is, is that there's 26 of them now. And she says, but the math, they all got together and have done the math. She said, like, 22 of them are going to close. They're already planning on closing because they've seen a reduction. Now, I would have to guess that that's not because dudes got tired of having sex. That's because there are more outlets than ever before. I would have never thought this. It's also partially this. And what she doesn't want to admit is some of her prostitutes are on Tinder and are cutting her out and setting up dates outside of when they work at the brothel. That I would agree with. And when she, if you want to target that and a part of like, you know, Craigslist and those kinds of things, that does happen. And Vegas has seen that. Vegas is having a problem with that. Now, well, I would tell you, like, as now I've never paid for sex at the Bunny Ranch, but I've been, obviously, because, you know, I've lived in Vegas. And it's a special experience in the sense that they care about you from the moment you walk through that door. And I don't know if in Australia they're doing that. 
Like, they cater to you hand and foot out there. Yeah, obviously there's going to be differences. You're going to have low-end to high-end of, of, of if brothels. If in Australia, if you, you just walk in, because you know, slam $200 on a wooden table, and the next thing you know, you're in some crappy room, and this and that, then you may have a problem there. You may have to reinvest in the business model and spice it up a little. Like, Vegas will do that. There's a reason why, what's his name, the dude who was with the Kardashian, the NBA player, there's a reason why he almost died of... Uh, Lamar uh, Odom, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why Lamar Odom almost died in there. It's because it's awesome. It's because they will legitimately do... Screw it, I'll do it here. That, right. They will legitimately do, as long as you have the money, they will legitimately do anything you want. And so I think if she maybe adapts that kind of model, you could make it. I don't. Street prostitution obviously weighs in this too. She didn't mention anything to do with that, but obviously, you know, hookers walking around the street have something to do with this as well. Because there's, I think there's a lot of dudes who pay for sex who like that seediness about it, and that if you clean it up, that part of that sexual addiction of the the fact that it's not seedy like that, I think goes away. And some of those dudes aren't gonna like that. Turns out, Maslin had a uh, a mass scare at one of the high schools the other day. We'll tell you what happened there. Next on the Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 730 when you're way into the Skid Row Show. That's April 15th at the Hard Rock Roxino. We have tickets for you. Get you hooked up at 730. Also at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. And then at 8.30, get choked up with uh, Norm McDonald tickets, actually, as he plays the Hard Rock Roxino on the day before Skid Row on the 14th of April. It's a hell of a lineup right there yeah, for the is. Roxino. That it is. So Saturday morning, uh, after I woke up not feeling uh, so great, and uh, you know I'm without a vehicle right now, so I have to kind of rely on businesses close to me, which is great because I live downtown, so there's plenty of food and stuff to do and all that. Saturday morning, I went up, uh, you know, to uh, a cultured waffle company, have some breakfast. Okay. And I ran into Mike, the owner. Okay. Who's also the owner and you know proprietor of Buzzbin, and uh, alerted me as you know he comes behind the counter, he right. starts to you know ask me what I need, and you know I started placing my order, and he's like, hey man, he's like, I don't know if you heard, he's like, but somebody broke into Buzzbin last night. Jeez. I was like, oh my god, dude, seriously? And I said, well, you know, you know what they get away with and all this stuff, and you know, and, and I I've seen it on the Facebook page, so I feel yeah. like you know I can say this or whatever, uh, dude, they stole the safe. Like they took the, and so like it was somebody who obviously knew where things were. And I, I didn't want to, I mean, I said it to him, but I, I felt terrible while doing it. I was like, man, the way you're describing this to me, it kind of sounds like somebody who had knowledge of your business. Yeah. I mean, if you steal a safe. All right. I mean, because if you stumbled upon a safe, I guess, and you were in the in the process of robbing a place, if you were in the process of like stealing and, you know, doing all I mean, that. There's only so many places you're going to put it. Right. So, the, so there's that. But OK, he walked me through Buzzman. All the way through the construction multiple times. Right. Multiple times since it's been up and operational. On any given weekend, I'll be in there and be like, hey, come right. back to the office, whatever. Right. And I've never seen that thing. Ever. Yeah, I don't know where the safe would be in there. I would assume in the office, but... Right, because that's what common sense tells you. But what I'm saying is I've been in there, and I didn't, like, see it. And, I mean, obviously, since either one of us seen it, I don't know what kind of safe it is, but, like, most safes you're not just able to, like, grab and run with. You know what I mean? Like, no, they're tough. I mean, well, all, well again, I don't know which one he had, all right? But, but it sounds to me like somebody who had knowledge of his business. And he kind of looked at me and said, yeah. I mean, he's a smart guy. He owns multiple businesses. I'm sure he stumbled across that thought himself. Pretty much owns downtown Canton. Yeah. 
And according to their Facebook page, they said they they feel like they might have a few leads. They don't know, but if anybody has any information, please call right. KMPD. Let them know. You know, it sucks. I mean, obviously, Busman is is one of our favorite places, so there's that. But it's just like, dude. I mean, you know, as a city, we all try to like, hey, support small businesses and do this and do that. And Canton's on the come up, and we're all going to be you know better in the future. And and somebody who's genuinely pumping money into the city and giving people jobs in downtown Canton and very active in the community and making it a better place gets his business robbed. It just sucks, dude. And again, I know I harp on this a lot, but I've been a bar owner. You think bar owners have money. Like, you think just because, you know, and, and again, I'm sure Mike does all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But it's like, you think just because somebody owns a business that they are, the, they have all this money. They don't. Most of their money's tied up in that. And if you screw with margins like that, that are very small on bottles of booze, I know everybody goes, right. bottle of booze like 20 bucks at the store, you charge me $6 a shot. Right. It's because it's got to pay for the lights. It's got to pay for insurance. It's got to pay for bartenders. It's got to pay for everything. That's why. It's, it's not just a swap for swap type situation. That's why you don't own a bar and he does. And so, like, you start messing with margins like that, man, you can really negatively affect a small business. He's not Walmart, is the point, is what I'm trying to say. The loss prevention that has to go into a small business is crazy. You have to watch over everything. So, dude, I'm feeling for him today because that's rough. Yeah, I I mean, I can only imagine, you know, that feeling as a business owner when you go and you open, (laughs) or not even open the door, you go up to your business, the door's broken out, and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, I felt terrible for him. I feel bad for him. I I felt terrible for him. We have, uh, before that had even happened, we had uh, have uh, extended him an invitation to join us every first Friday at nine o'clock, and uh, I, you know, given that he's kind of dealing yeah. with this, I haven't heard back from him yet. Totally on that, <laughs> I bet you he's going to. He's like, dude, yeah, I need all the, I need all the promotion I can get right now. Make me some money. And so I, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to get him in here, and he'll have an update on that for us. Bring uh, us some waffles. Uh, that, <laughs> that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Yeah. Which that's what I had for breakfast Saturday. It was awesome. It was awesome. I do want to tell you to you about this. Is apparently multiple students at Washington High School in Massillon mm-hmm. were uh, in the hospital, as uh, apparently a student brought some cookies to school that had an illegal substance. So I'm assuming this is weed cookies here. I would hope so, but I don't know what the kids are doing nowadays. Are they putting other drugs into cookies now? Are there other baked cookie? You know, God only knows. I, you know I, what I mean. I, I, I wish I was cool enough to know something. There like could that. be acid cookies. I'm sure. I have no idea how that stuff works. But it happened uh, Friday when a student brought the treats to school, and it says many other students consumed. I'm sorry, I'm reading off of my iPhone. My computer in the uh, in the studio is going radio. down. It's good so, radio. So this is kind of difficult. I'm reading uh, from Fox Eight here. School officials said that as a result, several students became ill, immediately taken into uh, the hospital. Um, now they are expected to make full recoveries. Thank the dear Lord. And by now, being Monday yeah. morning, they probably have eating weed cookies. Yeah, you're you're probably going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going <laughs> to. But You'll you could it. get sick for sure. I mean, you could get nauseous. I mean, if you're not prepared for stuff like that, and you just ate like a handful of those, that stuff because it can build. And it can kind oh, of creep yeah. up on I you. I mean, you, certainly, you know, the possibility of, like, getting too high is, is going to happen. But you're not going to die from it. No, 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 no. God, no. But you could, I, I mean, I'm sure you could vomit if you're not prepared for it. And if you have too much of it, I'm sure it could make you, you know what I mean? You could, I'm sure it could spin you like that. I doubt highly. Well, I mean, you know, if you're not expecting this, and that's the real question, is the kids, did they, did they take this knowing what it was, or did they take this and not know what it was? 
I bet a little bit of both. I bet I bet some did and some didn't. To me, high schoolers uh, eating weed cookies. What do you your your buddy just brought in cookies? Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was your boy just sitting around baking over the weekend? Yeah, the weed cookie guy doesn't isn't normally the bring snacks to class and share kid. Right, like normally, yeah. It's like, dude, you were in a Pantera shirt yesterday. You're not the give me cookies, dude. Yeah, if it was Sarah, the class president, who had like you know like baked cookies, and they said go Tigers on. Um, and like, oh my gosh, Maslin High School, you know, so yeah. much pride. School we're, spirit. We're oh so my God. proud. Then I'd be like, okay, yeah. then, you know, maybe these people didn't yeah, know. Yeah, slutty cheerleader maybe, but yeah. Yeah, but when it's the stoner hanging out behind the, uh, hanging out behind the, the bleachers. Bro, it, eat come this, on, man. Come on. Fine, man. And don't get me wrong. I guess I can understand the thought of, well, dude, let's get high before we go to school. Oh, uh, like science you know, class? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be All like, the what the hell? All the fish tanks and but turtles and like, all that stuff in there, yeah. But like... <laughs> You thought t- like eating weed cookies in school was a good idea? Oh, come on. You're 16. Eat them before, eat them before you go to school, dude. It, you guys are driving in. You eat them, and you're like, all right, now we're here, and we're high. But what the hell are you taking them into school for? Dude, you're 16. You think masturbating 13 times a day is a good idea? <laughs> you think handing out cookies in class is going to not get caught? You knew you were going to get caught. They say they're going to discipline them, of obviously. Of course. And you need to be disciplined. Here's the thing. I mean... I don't know what you charge them with, but it's but I, I'm sure we're approaching felony territory, right? I mean, dude, you gave drugs to, to minors. minors. Yeah, distributing drugs to minors feels like a felony to me. But you didn't sell them. You know what I'm saying? You just gave them out. I'm willing to bet there's going to be something. It's going to be, that's going to stick. He's going to, I mean, I don't know if you'll do time, but do they you have, probably should, right? Do they have... Uh, a suspect, I guess. Do they? Is the kid who brought the cookies in? They're saying the student responsible, and okay. you know, I mean, it's high school. Somebody's going to sooner or later. Somebody's going to crack. Of course, none of those kids. Not all of them are hardened. It's you not even going to take long. They're all high. They're sitting there, like, oh my god, dude. Yeah, why is this cop yelling at me? Yeah, oh dude, no, dude. It was Derek. What do you want me to say? You get one star athlete yeah. and tell him he can't play until he turns on the kid. They're going to turn on the kid. Oh, dude, Maslin's not telling star athletes I can't play. Come on, come on, Stansberry. Come on, come I, on. I, I wanted to pretend. I wanted to pretend that we could be on the up and up. Maslin star athlete suspended. What? Yeah, Never probably, happened. That would probably not happen. Never happened. 730, we'll get you hooked up with those Skid Row tickets. And for the first time since Reagan, our president is not going to do something. We'll tell you what that is next on the Stansberry Show. 6 Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 730, we'll send you to see Skid Row up at the Hard Rock Roxino. That show's April 15th. We'll get you into that here shortly. Also, 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Get his take on the Cavs moves. Combine coming up soon. Draft right around the corner. Find out what he thinks we should do there. Movement and the like. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com at 8 a.m. this morning. Also, 8.30, send you to see Norm McDonald up at the Hard Rock Roxino. Busy morning. So I read this over the weekend because I have Twitter and our president, Donald Trump, tweeted, I will not be attending the White House Correspondents Association dinner this year. Please wish everyone well and have a great evening. And apparently this is the first time in 36 years that a president is going to skip the White House Correspondents Dinner. Reagan had skipped it, but he was recovering after an assassination attempt. So you get a little excuse on that yeah, one. Yeah, I think that's a doctor's note. You know what I mean? You get an excuse on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, they shot at me, yeah, right? Yeah, you can, you can take a minute. There. I'm going to let you off the hook on that one. 
Um, if, 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 I, if I'm reading this right, the last time before that that it had actually happened as like in a as like a decision made not to go was Jimmy Carter. If I'm reading this right from NPR, and it seems as if that I am. Yeah, the last president to outright skip the event was Jimmy Carter, who did so twice in 1980 and 78. Nixon skipped it twice in 74 and 72. And given his given his relationship with the press, I'm not sure that if I was the current president, I wouldn't want anybody drawing that line of comparison. As Nixon had famously said that the press is your enemy. Now, the press is kind of supposed to be your enemy. Like, you know, I hear a lot of people complain that the press is hostile. They're kind of supposed to be hostile. They're supposed to be jaded. They're supposed to be questioning you and finger and pointing at you and going, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? they're supposed to be a little relentless? That's how we get the truth. Or at least that's what we've been sold. I'm not sure we've ever gotten the truth, but that's a bigger thing. But much like I said about the final four bracket, the March Madness tournament bracket, like he wasn't going to do one of those. This is another one of those. This is another one of these. Where it's pomp and circumstance, and it's a little, but it's this everyday, like, American thing. And it's normally this moment where the president goes, he takes a little bit of a ribbing, and then shows you his sense of humor by giving back a little bit of a ribbing. And everybody kind of laughs, and everybody's like, oh, okay, look, the leader of our land. And I think that this is this, and much like I said about the NCAA tournament, I feel like the reason he's not doing this is because of how good Barack Obama was at it. Whether you liked his politics or not, Barack Obama was really good at this. He was good at these kind of moments. And they are important. They, I, I, I know it's not a policy event. I know it's not that. But some of these TV show type things with our leaders are important because they put us at ease. Yeah, I'll take your point there. I'm not upset about this. I really don't care. Like, White House Correspondents Dinner isn't serious business. There's nothing real happening there Happening there, other than, like, the media and, and the White House kind of letting their guard down a little bit and right. both, both taking a little bit. So, yeah, I think there's a little bit of a, a boost to morale, and that would be nice and, honestly, is probably needed in this in this circumstance. Right. But in, in, in the grand scheme of things, it feels very, like... I don't want to say, like, dude, we're just jumping on Trump just to jump on Trump, but everything that happens isn't the biggest deal in the world. I would agree. I'm not, like, all up in arms about it, but I'm just saying I think that he's missing these small moments where you could earn favor your way, and he doesn't seem to care about it. And that seems strange to me. I don't need your favor. I have enough people to get myself elected again. I don't care. You don't know that, though. You know what I mean? Sure, we don't, but I mean, does he feel like he does? Yeah, but what I'm saying is you could be wrong about that. So I think it's, it's I think this is incredibly short-sighted not to do this. I don't think President Trump really thinks that too often that I could be wrong about something. I don't well, think that's a that's a that's a common thought in his head. That's and, scary. Well, and he shoved it in he shoved it in our faces for the past 18 months, so there's a little bit of me and I've said this time and time again is like, who the hell am I to doubt this dude? I I, I, I I did it from day one when he came down on that escalator. I'm like, ah, it's over. And then he said, John McCain's not a warrior. I'm like, ah, it's over. And then he said he would date a 10-year-old in 10 years, and I was like, ah, it's over. And then he said he would grab women by the vagina. I was like, ah, it's over. 
And oh, what is the White House Correspondents Dinner going to do? Ain't nothing to Trump. Dude, Teflon Don. President Trump, homie. You might be right. I, I, what is this going to do? The reason I heard that he's going to be skipping the White House Correspondents Dinner, you're right. Uh, Obama was very good at He these. was awesome at this. He's a charismatic dude. Obama's just likable. I think Trump has charisma, too, but at this point, it's so divisive. Different. Right. Different. He, you know what Trump has? He has 80s charisma. It's kind of like the way What's-Her-Name was only hot in the 90s. It's like, it, it's I, 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 that chick that was actually in Twister with Bill Paxton. Helen it's, Hunt? Yeah, Helen Hunt. Only hot in the 90s. There you go. Right? It's like she. I think Donald Trump has 80s charisma. Look how much money I have. Look at it. I can just buy whatever I want. He's the Ted DiBiase president. Like, there's something about that where it doesn't necessarily play in 2017. Now, at the, at the White House Correspondents' Dinner of 2011 or 2010, I'm not sure which one it was, uh, but the Donald was in the audience. Of course he was, because there's people of power and influence there, and he was looking to buy his way into things. And Obama, like, crapped all over him, was just, like, up on stage, bebopping and scatting all over him, dude, just hitting him with, uh, with, uh, with the birther certificate. And I've heard that... That moment, that moment of humiliation when the president was was mocking Trump in front of all these media uh, uh, types, that's when Trump decided, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm going, I, oh, I'm going could, into the election. I could totally buy it. So, I mean, like, it doesn't necessarily... Oh, I could totally buy that. That, that all adds up to me, well, F the correspondence dinner. Of course I'm going to say F the correspondence dinner. You know, what it, you know why it bothers I don't care if he goes or not. I really don't. But why it bothers me is why he's not going. And it's because he's not a good enough sport to take jokes on himself. And if the press is so hostile to you, don't, isn't this only going to make them double down? Like, if that's your whole thing, like, they're so unfair to me, everybody's unfair to me, they're unfair, then (coughs) isn't this begging them to double down? Well, certainly not helping out in that situation. Certainly not not putting himself in a a position to... Look like he's taking the high road, but once again, I don't know if that necessarily matters. And as far as like the relationship between Trump and the press goes, I know a lot of people are worked up about it, and I think there's some validity to it. I mean, dude, didn't he kick like six networks out of the press pool? But there's no like constitutional guarantee that CNN gets to be in the in the. Now, to me, it feels like well, of course CNN's a part of it because CNN is a major news outlet of and a rep- he created but, in my lifetime, though. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, all these every, every television news outlet. It's going to be that way, right? I mean, it, they're all major news outlets. You can say something about Fox News? No, of course not. Right. So, 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 there's no like constitutional guarantee that your publication gets to be a part of the uh, gets to be a part of the press corps. But I just. I, it feels wrong. It feels wrong. It feels dirty. But it doesn't necessarily feel like um, trampling all over the First Amendment. No. Me. No, I won't go that far, but it feels wrong. To constantly undermine the press and to say that they're the greatest enemy of the American people, that feels a little... Well, you know, Bill Maher went into this Friday night, and by the way, he used the Fox News report that says, you know, people trust Trump more than they trust the press. Now, every other news outlet's poll that came out says the other. But but Bill Maher used Fox News because he wanted to drive his point home, right. and I get it, and I totally get it, and I like Bill, I do, but he was totally playing the averages there. But even he went in Friday night, and he said this, and a little bit of it is true. He started showing B-roll of like news, and it's like all them playing with the panda, or talking to some girl who has the same first name as her pet, and like you know all these cute dog stories, and he was kind of begging the press, you know, take your balls back. 
stop doing these fluff pieces and go in and do real journalism. He said they've all turned into clickbait whores, yeah. and they have. Of course. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure I can stand back at business and look at business and say, you willingly go into lower ratings to give... Right. Because to get more information. Day, it's really, and this is what I always say, people scream media, media, media. Really what you're screaming is me, me, me. Notice first two words in media. Me, me, me. It's what you want. And we're not really sitting down and watching bombs over Sarajevo or any of this stuff. We want the, the, the show me the cute puppy. Well, right. And you kind of got options as an American there where you can watch the local news and get a basic overview of what's happening in the world and in your in your state and in your city and get some fluff pieces or you can watch the national news like a CNN or a Fox News and something that's a little more focused on actual news or you can watch C-SPAN and just watch nothing but what's actually happening so yeah but he kind of went in and showed you what was at times like like time well, magazines like what what was at their site what was at CNN site and I mean he was showing you those and it was all none of it was news I, I mean listen you're going to be able to selectively pick that on anything I just think you as a, a consumer are going to be more responsible there than the than the person who's giving you the news you decide on which news to watch therefore you decide on which news has the most ratings well, I think his point was though if every single one of these news magazine shows is doing stories like that then how do we ever get informed that was his point because he took six and a half minutes to tell you watch C-SPAN I mean, watch, watch it happen. You have the availability to, but C-SPAN ain't getting no ratings. No. Right. So, like... No. I mean... No. Nobody cares about that. No. You care what animal's coming to the zoo. Right. Right. Oh, you my do. God. Can you believe McDonald's is using chicken on top of chicken, and then they're going to put bacon in, and there's going to be more chicken, and they're going to put ranch on it. And that's The human interest stories are a part of what we consume. You know, you bring up an interesting point. Bill Burr's been on that for 10 years. Where he claims that fast food does that when they want us to stop paying attention to what's going on in the world. Oh, give them like a, give them a grilled chicken shell, and then they'll just go, they'll file in there and they'll eat it and they'll stop concentrating on what's happening in the world. Well, sleight of hand, right? Smart, smart. It's not the media's fault. Yeah, the, the, to me, this just feels like there's a lot of other issues going on right now, and we could be upset we about were, a lot of things, but somehow or another, it's like, no, the correspondence dinner, that's what you should be pissed about. If we were informed and wanted to be and wanted to take action and wanted to and thirst for those kinds of things, believe me, that's what the news cameras would point their cameras at. That's what those stations would point their cameras at. But we don't. Want. You know what it's just like? You know how you'll see something on social media and somebody will share like a heartwarming thing. The media will never report on this. Well, of course they won't because we don't care about it. Right. Like, oh my God, can you believe this grandma is giving a puppy a hug? Share this photo. The media will never report on this. Well, for why would we? Right. They don't care. No, you don't care. Right. If you cared, we would do something about it. But you don't care. Now. The media is a little guilty of lying to you, but I, you got to understand who I am as a person. I don't think in the Walter Cronkite days you were getting everything either. I have long said this on this program, that you mean to tell me that the lying of the media got got worse when we have more information? When there was three TV stations, you had to walk across a living room to change the station, and, and no, everybody could lie. That's when they were telling you the truth. I think the media got worse when commercials got introduced into it. 
Yes, there was a moment where it was the news isn't supposed to make money. Bill Maher went into that again, too. It was like a deal made that you would give them an hour a night or I think it was an hour a week initially of you will give them like the news as a service. Right. Just like we have to do public uh, public service announcements or we have to do like um, weather alerts and things right. like that. As a broadcast outlet, you have a responsibility to the community. Amber alerts are part right. of that as like, right. you know, part of the deal that we have made. And you're right. Somebody should create that legislation. That the news shall not break for commercial. We all get better at that point. But they're never going to do it. No, no, no. Which is no. really funny what? because honestly, the money they make off the news is about again, he Bill Maher ran down the numbers Friday night. It's like 4% of CBS's money. But, I mean, at that point, aren't you telling a, a CBS <laughs> or a, a... You can't earn a living. Yeah, you, you have right. to go by these standards. It's now, a, listen, they already do that to us. I mean, when those... when those uh, This is a weekly service announcement of the, of the public broadcast system. Right. People are turning tuning off. So we're already doing that. Why shouldn't they have to? That's a good point. Or should we not have to? Screw yourself, public service announcements. Nah, I mean, I can turn them off on my cell phone. That wouldn't be a bad idea. You're never going to see it happen. There's just too much money being made. But I think he should go to this. I, I just, it, to me, it's, it just looks like I can't laugh at myself, which how pathetic is that kind of? And there's a little bit of take my ball and go home mentality here that just kind of sticks to him. That, that I wish he wouldn't like. I wish he wouldn't be so rigid like this. And I think that there's moments where you could pick up favor here and he just refuses. And I, I'm with you. I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. I just can't, for the life of me, understand why he just won't do it. I just can't figure I know somebody's going to be like, well, they're mean to him. Well, and I have said they covered him three to one during the election than everybody else. They, they, they essentially, the media made him president. And you could argue that now that you have the job, you deserve it. Because everybody else is out of the race now. We have to hold you accountable. You're the only one. That's how it works. Once you get the power, everybody wants to, you know, question the person in power. That's how it works. Welcome to the gig. Can't say you didn't know that. You went out there for two years trying to get it. Media's busy, though, dude. They got to cover that giraffe story. They got other Did that thing have birth? Hell no, that giraffe didn't have birth yet. What the hell? What are we doing as a country? What is wrong with well, us? Well, please, let's continue to point a live camera at it. Jesus. You know who's going big time? Who's that? Guess who's going big time? Who's going big time? Canton, Ohio's going big time. Big time, baby! Big time. We'll tell you how next on the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have uh, Skid Row tickets for you. That shows April 15th at the Hard Rock Roxino. You'll have them here uh, momentarily. Once again, man, Roxino bringing in great acts. The Skid Bro, seeing them up close and personal, it's going to be a good time. Norm McDonald going to be there, too. Oh! We'll, ha- we'll hand those tickets out at 8.30. Should make you aware of this Saturday, March 4th. That's uh, this coming Saturday. Your Canton Charge Take on the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. 7 p.m. tip-off. You're getting an exclusive Charge T-shirt for the first 2,000 fans. That's presented by Terminix. And it's also Military Appreciation Night. Charge will be wearing camo-themed uniforms presented by Constellation. There'll be an in-game silent auction of the jerseys. And then the players will autograph them 
after the game for you. That's awesome. No mistake that Terminex is the uh, uh, provider, the, uh, the the sponsor there, as we are taking on the Mad Ants. Uh, the shirts are going to say Stomp the Mad Ants. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Terminex getting smart. It's about to be lit. Not going to lie, dude. Had a great yeah. weekend of uh, Canton Charge basketball this past weekend. I did Friday's game, Sunday's game. Uh, Quinn Cook got called up to the Mavs, so uh, congratulations to I him. I did not hear that. Yeah, it's a, it's a bittersweet moment for an NBA D-League fan when one of your dudes gets the call up, but signed a 10-day contract with the Mavs, uh, so congratulations to Quinn Cook. And uh, Kate Felder played yesterday, got to see a former slam dunk champion, Nate Robinson, on Friday night, so it was a great weekend of basketball, and uh, things are only getting better for the Canton Charge. In the hunt for the playoffs, late. We'll miss Quinn. Uh, but good for him. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him, dude. Yeah. Honestly, and the possibility that he'll come back down, but fingers crossed he doesn't. Hopefully he gets paid millions of dollars in uh, Dallas there. So this is via Twitter, and I don't know if I don't know if this guy has the proper information, but I was told that those cookies that affected those students in Maslin yeah. via Twitter, that it was a, a mix of Adderall and Xanax Jeez. that was put into those cookies. Jeez. Now that's severely different than than like marijuana butter cookies. Like yeah. you will you could get somebody very sick of too oh, much Adderall and yeah. Xanax. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And if, you, if you're not sick. expecting that, like the like the freak out in your mind you're having, like what's going on? Am I dude, am I dying right now? Adderall and Xannies, like that what a weird I would have figured heating up and baking oh, would have canceled. I don't what, know. What a weird combination that would be. Like, what a weird, just, who knows, man? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a version yeah. of candy flipping, I believe, is yeah. what they call that. Yeah, that's, cookie uh, flipping. That's, is what uh, that's that. going to be, uh, that's going to, yeah, that's going to be problematic. I, again, that was just somebody on Twitter. I don't know if he's accurate or not. <laughs> you can tell but. Stansberry was a degenerate in the 90s. He's talking about candy flipping. <laughs> well, that's what they said when watching. No, 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 no. I mean, I was, but no, 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 no. It was, uh, that's what Heath Ledger had died from. They call that when you take an upper and a downer. It's, that's kind of what that's called. That's all, to me, that's it just, it's it, like, I, I guess I always just put that in the 90s. Candy flipping just sounds like old to me, but you know, hey, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I was a dirtbag. I don't know. I mean, I totally was. I don't know. 1997 Stansberry, what a badass. Turns out Canton, Ohio. I saw this yesterday, yeah. uh, you know, over the weekend, and I thought, at first I didn't click on it because I was like, oh, this is one of those like hoax things. I'm going to click on it. Somebody's right. going to get my password right. and my life's going to be over. But then I looked at the link and it was CantonRep.com. That's and rep- I was like, reputable well, right there. it doesn't get any more reputable in Canton than that. Not fake news. Not fake news. There this is, is indeed. There and so when I saw it was CantonRep.com, I was like, oh, well, I can click on this. And it turns out that they are quoting downtown developer Steve Kuhn, who redid the Onesto. Who is the slept-on king of Canton? I know Mike from Buzzman. We always say, oh, he owns all of downtown Canton. Dude, Steve Kuhn is the man. The man. Loaded. Loaded, paid his bill back on time earlier, is doing more developments downtown. Yeah, he's redoing Bliss. Yeah, shout out to Steve Kuhn, man. Yeah, he's doing big things, actually, and making downtown kind of awesome. They're doing something with that building right down the street from my place Mm -hmm. that's uh, that's been gutted, and Mm -hmm. he's doing something over there. Oh, those the the Hercules, that big building? On the corner of 11th and Market right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are going to be like luxury apartments, yeah. Oh, they're putting more apartments down yep. there. More downtown living right there. Oh, good. Can't wait to move. Yeah, so Can't wait to move. Go. Like there it. There you go. Steve like Kuhn it. making things happen. Oh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. So he is now saying that there's a project that's going to be filmed in Northeast Ohio, and downtown Canton is going to play a huge role in it, and it's going to bring Ed Harris and Hillary Swank to town, and they're going to be here for an extended what? period of time filming. I, I don't know if it's a movie or it's Oh, I'm sorry. It's a TV series. 
And uh, they say Stark County is going to be a major player in the production. Canton, they say here, is going to have a significant role. uh, His quote is here, they're going to be here and it's going to be a big deal, he said in CantonRep.com. The production team has selected locations and will uh, begin filming uh, right away, as they're saying. Downtown Canton is very photogenic, so I'm not necessarily surprised that... um, It's got one of those, like... 60s, 70s kind of feels oh, to it. Oh, yes. Feels very paused in time. And 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 and, and, and I, I certainly think that that's a part of it. And Chagrin Falls kind of has that. And I, I just can totally see why, as somebody who's out there scouting uh, film locations, why downtown Canton would be a perfect small city to film in. As more and more movies started to go to Cleveland, you knew this was going to happen. It's because, you know, people started looking then for other areas. Well, we're here. What else is there to shoot? And you start moving out of places where you traditionally film. You know what happens? Cost of production goes down. And so you're, I think you're going to start to see more and more of this. Apparently, Hillary Swank and Ed Harris are slated to appear in a TV series called The One Percent. We're reading now from CantonRep.com. And uh, the show was picked up by stars for 10 episodes, and it will feature Hillary Swank as the wife of actor uh, Ed Helms, who's struggling, uh, struggling to save the family farm. So it's it's Ed Harris, Ed Helms, and Hillary Swank here. I know those are the three names that, that that's pretty big, right? I mean, those are three three legit names. If you don't know who Ed Helms is, he was the dentist from The Hangover, right? I have the right guy. Yeah, were the Millers Andy in the Office is probably um, he was on The Daily Show. Yeah, he was on The Daily Show. He also redid um, what was the uh, Vacation? Yeah, he, he that redid, was pretty funny actually. Re, yeah, that actually wasn't the worst. He he redid the Vacation movie. Very funny guy. Um, Ed Harris has been in a ton of great movies. He's one of those dudes, and my girlfriend was like, I don't know who Ed Harris is. Well, he was just in Westworld, which people love. And I said, I was like, I was like, Megan, look at these movies. And I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Oh, she's like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. He's one of those guys. You see him, but you just don't necessarily. He was the bad guy in The Rock. Right. He's been a bad, he's a yeah. good bad guy. He's he a really great is. bad guy. He is, he is very good at being sinister. So that's obviously going to be a huge deal. Well, and with Hillary Swank, at first I was like, oh, that's the biggest name. And then I was like, what is Ed Harris is the biggest I'm like, name. what is Hillary Swank really? Uh, Million Dollar Baby forever and ago. Right. What has Hillary Swank really done that we're all like, oh, Hillary she was Swank. She's in Pride. Important movie to make. Yeah, for but the, not necessarily. For the, for the seventh. Thousand times, I, she's just not nearly as accomplished as these others. And Ed, Ed Helms, I view, I view as bigger stars, but for some reason, Ed Harris is the biggest star. I, 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 one, one or the other there. But at the end of the day, Hillary Swank feels like the biggest name to me. Where it's like, oh, everyone knows who that chick is, but why? Because of the movies she did. And again, that's 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 an interesting point. Out is that I don't think she's fantastic. It's just she's chosen these socially important roles where it's like, you know what I mean? And again, she's probably been given awards that technically for the performance itself probably did not deserve it. But we, we do that sometimes. Yeah, I, I can I can think of like one movie she's been in and there's like, like, man, that was good. Right. Outside of that, it's like, what have you been in? Not a whole lot. All right, we do have Skid Row tickets. They're playing April 15th, Hard Rock Roxino. Let's pass those out right now. We'll take caller 15 at 1-800-243-7625 for Skid Row. We'll be right back with more Sandsbury Show. Hang on. 6-9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We'll get you hooked up with Norm McDonald tickets at 8.30. He plays the Roxino on April the 14th. We'll get you hooked up. It's going to be a funny show, dude. Norm McDonald's hilarious. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. If you're carrying around some credit card debt, I'm, I'm going to help you pay this down. I'm not personally going to make the payments for you or anything. But I am going to tell you to check out CSE 
Federal Credit Union. And you can do so online at cscfcu.com. They're currently offering you a balance transfer offer that cannot be beat. You're going to take your credit card balance, move it over to a CSC Visa card. APR is going to be much lower. That's the interest rate there. You'll make payments, pay it down faster, and get your credit turned around. CSC 100% local, not changing anytime soon. Find out more information on that at CSCFCU.com. So we know that the human being likes convenience. Mm-hmm. We are convenient-based people. That's what we like. Right? No matter what we say, if you make things easier, we're probably going to go that route. Um, one of the businesses that has uh, really adapted to that is restaurants. Curbside pickup is yep. huge for restaurants now. And even that almost feels a little bit like too much of an inconvenience because I have to park my car when it's like, I can just get something through a drive-thru. I'll do that instead. <laughs> Screw having somebody walk it I out I parked and I got to wait for you to come oh out my here? God. No, oh my God. Do I have to tip you too? This is, uh, yeah, which, yes, I believe I'm one of those people that believes you should tip a curbside attendant. I think curbside attendant is one of those places where you're not going to give the full 20%, but two bucks, a buck, couple buck or of bucks two. here. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, be a human. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Uh, the, I, I agree. I, I believe you should tip curbside people, and I'm sure that they, uh, I'm sure that they love hearing that um, out of us. So we like convenience. And Kansas has figured this out. As Ash Wednesday's coming up, mm-hmm. and a church in Kansas is going to do curbside Ash Wednesday services for you. So you can drive up, roll the window down, get your Ash Wednesday on, and then continue to go to work. He under, they say here that they understand people have busy, bustling lives. People have jobs. It's hard to get places, hard to do the things. Come by, do it real fast. You still keep your commitment to your Lord there, and uh, and, and you just move through it. So whatever you have going on that day is more important than God? I'm sure God's not going to see it that way. But, I mean, right? Like, isn't that essentially what you're saying is I don't have time to come in and properly worship or whatever it is that happens on Ash Wednesday. I'm not real familiar with it. But whatever you got going on that day is more important than God is what you're saying. Uh, the reverend here says we will provide the same blessing and right as we uh, have always done in the sanctuary. We'll just do it at the curb. They will dispense the ashes and serve communion on Ash Wednesday curbside from noon till 1 p.m. And then again in the afternoon from 5.30 to 6.30 at their, uh, at their church's location. And again, if you notice when they're doing it on the lunch hour, and then again right after you get out of work there, 5.30 to 6.30 on the way home there, which once you're out of work, I could make the argument, just go into the ch- church right. and do it. But, I, and, and again, I'm a non-believer, so I know this is going to sound like I'm being disrespectful when I ask the question, but I'm, not, I'm really not trying to be. Like this time, I'm really not trying to be. But... Does he care? Like, I'm saying, as long as you're, I mean, you're doing the thing. You're making the effort. You're you're taking part in it. Does he care about the fact that you went inside and I, sat down I, in the church? I'm not sure. I would say you're doing the opposite of doing it. I, I would say, if anything, the ash on the on the head is nothing more than a symbol. Like actually going in and praying and hearing the service and hearing the words. That's what God wants you to do. Well, right? now according to this, they say we will provide the same blessing. And right, as it's known, as we always have done in the sanctuary, we'll just do it at the curb. So if it's the same exact thing, they're just not forcing you to get out of your car. I'm not sure that this is 
disrespectful. How is it the same exact thing, though? Do you, when, I'm not familiar with Ash Wednesday, so I can't speak. Mm-hmm. But do you just literally... My church didn't have this either. Do you literally just walk in, they put the ashes on your head, and then you walk out? No, I'm sure there's... I mean, I've taken communion. There's got to be more There's got to be more to but it yeah, than that. No, the communion service is forever. So Ash Wednesday is the one brief thing in Catholicism? Come on. Come on. Yeah, that's fair. So you go to a Catholic church and you sit there for four friggin' hours just, oh my up, God. Down, what up, are we down, doing? up, down, with the kneeling already. Right. And, 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 and so. I mean, do they have padded railings for you to kneel on? So that's how much kneeling happens. Now you're going to streamline Ash Wednesday? Dude, I feel like that is, uh, dude, that is exactly. Sacrilegious? The opposite of the point. If the point is, is to get in there and to spend time with God and I, I mean, whatever, I don't know what. Uh, to pause your life. Right. To, to show appreciation, to to admit that there are things bigger than you, that there is something larger than you, and you're giving yourself up to it. Okay, yeah, the more a heathen tells me about it, the more I think yeah, you should do it. Dude, go in there and do it. The, 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 the praying and the listening and the, and, the, and the thinking about it is what matters, not putting some ash on your head. What is this? What is the symbolism there or behind the ashes? It's the ashes of the body, is right? That, it's uh, right. If I remember correctly... God's been so long, but because the body of Christ was then burned, right? After Fat Tuesday? I don't want, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just blind to this. I don't know what it is. Uh, well, yeah, Fat Tuesday is like the purge, which by the way, dude, if you've never been to Mardi Gras <laughs> in stand. New Orleans, it is amazing. Stand. I went twice. It was so fun. Stan's we're going to have Mardi Gras in downtown Canton. You could be a part I of might. it, ladies. Just send, I might. Just send him an email. I might. Um, you know what's weird about Fat Tuesday, though, and that? and that whole thing is like again. I was in New Orleans twice for Mardi Gras. Tuesday night at midnight, cops lock arms and they go through the quarter, and you're out. Like you're not like everything shuts down at midnight. It's done. Now the week leading up to it, it's bedlam. Right, everything's open till right. you know twenty four hours a day, and it's it's crazy. But that moment at midnight, watching cops clear the French Quarter was one of those moments in my life I'll never forget seeing happen. I uh, I read an article over the weekend and it was about like uh, Mardi Gras beads and people who are making Mardi Gras beads in China right now, they're being told that they're going to American royalty and they're just like, alright, this is a big deal. And it's like, no, it's not. It's going so I can see boobs. Like, That's all. I read that too. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, the motivation behind getting things done and getting them done. Why it's would American anybody care? Royalty. Right. Why does, what, who is American royalty? Somebody should point that out. Was Tom Cruise need Mardi Gras? Kardashians, Kanye, I don't know. Yeah, I guess what? The Kardashians probably would be American royalty, right? Oh, my God. Think about that. If the Kardashians were our royal family, which I guess they kind of are, right? Close enough, dude. They're going to outlast this presidency. They outlasted the last one. I mean, who knows when that when that reign of power will stop? My God, that is terrifying. I don't like I don't I don't like thinking about that at all. I uh, but okay. at first, I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. You you pause your life. Okay, yeah, you you, you turn me. It, because the whole thing is about pausing your life and giving yourself to God and showing the appreciation for that. Doesn't it feel like just going to church on Christmas or doesn't it feel like, "Oh yeah, we're a Christian family and you I mean, I'm here bo- on Easter, don't right, send me to hell." Right. You're doing that's the exactly bare minimum do. there. That is what people do at church. They bare minimum it. Church and the news. They're both the same thing. Just give me just give me the 30 seconds that I absolutely need. I want nothing else. You're absolutely right about that. We will talk to Scott from waitingfornextyear.com. Get you a little sports update. We'll do it next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. 
Let's talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com as we do every Monday at 8. Scott, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for the buffer. Dig the track. I, uh, well, yeah. You're uh, I will admit that this is this is one of those times in the year where it's a little bit more difficult to speak to you because there's really sports isn't really happening right now. Um, the Great American Race was yesterday, but I had to I had to spend multiple minutes like googling who won that because it's not on the front page of anything. Uh, so I'm not sure that's the Great American Race anymore. But Kurt Busch won the Daytona 500. I don't know if you watched any of that, but there was like uh, surprise multiple wrecks. And, uh, like, every time I turned it on, nobody was racing. Like, nobody. It was like they were at a standstill half the time when I, when I turned the TV on over there. And uh, I don't suspect that NASCAR is really a big in your wheelhouse. So I, had, so I had the chance to talk to Dale Jr. last week. Did you? And so I had kind of a vested interest in his return and how he was going to do because I don't know, I'm not sure how much you know about the whole thing. But, he, you know, he was, he was out for eight months with a concussion, which is insane. Um, and so the, like the target was yesterday and coming back. And I, I, I kind of had a bit of a fanboy thing going on where I was hoping he would, you know, when I was watching, he was top five, top three. And then I turned around and he got that wreck and it was like, all right, this is, this is dumb. So I, 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 I was loosely watching. Um, and then once Dale was out, I, I, I stopped watching altogether, but mm-hmm. I, it's not my wheelhouse. But it is it is essentially the Super Bowl of NASCAR, so I, ju- I just feel you know when I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of watching the world's best at everything. So when they were doing that, I was hoping that it was going to be a little more exciting. But then when it was like 60 laps and they green flagged it, and then they got in a wreck and at 58, and it was like a whole thing, and it was just it was just caution back after caution. So I'm, I, I I bowed out at about 40 laps, and I. Didn't know that Bush won until right the second, so that's great. There was a, there was a moment there with not a lot of race left where Danica was still in like the top five, and I was like, okay, well maybe if we get Danica a win here, this will be a huge thing. And so there was part of me that was like, you know, kind of hoping on that, and then another wreck happened, and I was like, Jesus, these hillbillies can't even keep it on the track. Like, and I know that's like what everybody says, like, oh, you turn on NASCAR, you're just hoping on the crashes. The problem is, is that it takes three hours to get back to racing that I don't think that that's true anymore. Yeah, I don't get it. I Unless don't. somebody dies, it's like, this is ungodly boring now. As they, you know, they got vacuums for the track now and all kind of stuff. It just, I, I, they just could not stay racing yesterday. So I kind of, and I'm kind of half in, half out on the NASCAR thing. Like, I'm a little bit of a Kevin Harvick fan, but I'm not like a super fan. So I was kind of in and out. Ricky Fowler was making a charge to win his fourth uh, tournament yesterday via the golf world, so I was more watching that. Uh, I'm sure you don't care about that either, Scott, so let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's move forward as we're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Does Fantone get to talk about Fastlane next, or is that just yeah, you yeah, get yeah. to talk yeah. about your ridiculous hobby? WWE WrestleMania! It's coming up soon. We're four weeks away, dude. It's exciting times. And, uh, Given that the Combine is coming up, and I like the Combine, I, I, I like that TV show, I like guys trying to vie for a position in the NFL, and I feel like I like trying to be early on who maybe the next star will be. It's something I don't know, I've always been kind of interested in. The How's com- that gone? <laughs> uh, I've done well. I don't know why you're why you're yelling at me, but your boy, but your boy was early on Manziel. He was early on all all the bust outs. I mean, I've only missed a few. I've only missed a few. I mean, dude, I was early. Go back to my my commentary on Tim Tebow during the combine. Run the tape. Run the tape. Exactly. You shall run the tape. Um, what should we be looking at, uh, or what should we be excited about come combine season for the uh, for the Cleveland Browns? Are we I'm, even I'm going? always interested. I mean, for the Browns, I mean, I don't know. Did I, we get I would invited? Are we allowed to go? 
who I mean, is Miles Garrett going to be at the at the combine? You know, so there's a lot of and and if and is are any of the quarterbacks going to throw that kind of thing? I feel like the the measurements are important. Um, I know we kind of overanalyze things like hand size and and stuff like that, but I mean, I feel like it's it's a big deal. Um, I do feel like height is a really big deal. I'll be interested to see where Mitch Trubisky um, clocks in on the height scale because I think he was listed at six four or something like that at UNC, and they were saying he's probably closer to six one. That's what in I reality, which I feel I feel like that's a big deal um, when there's yeah. when there's a gap like that. So I would agree. Stuff like that, I think, is worth looking at. But I mean, truthfully, I mean, I, I, I tend to not read too too much into the combine stuff. It is fun to watch because it's football and. You know, some guys might surprise, some guys might, you know, leave a little to be desired. But I think a lot of what scouts are going to be looking at outside of the interviews, which we don't get to be a part of, are, are the pro days and how they, how they do in, in specific environments. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. But I think the, the, the unfortunate takeaway is the more important part of the combine is the stuff that fans aren't going to be privy to, and that's the actual interactions between front offices and the guys themselves. Yeah, it always feels like, or maybe it once felt like, that like you watch the Combine and you're watching these dudes actually try out for teams. It just doesn't feel that way to me anymore. It all just feels like it's a little bit of like a, you know, a dog and pony show and they run them out there and, and nobody's really trying their hardest. It just feels a little hollow to me over the past few years. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I do think there's an element of the lower-level guys. Um, you know, busting their tail to kind of get their names recognized. You know what I mean? You always have, like, I remember when Chris Johnson was, like, the fastest kid at the Combine. Right. And, you know, and then he came in as, as a lower draft pick running back, and then he was one of the best running backs in the NFL for a little while. So, I mean, there is there is an element of that where these guys can kind of spring onto the map as, you know, in certain instances. But, you know, I think largely, I don't think much draft maneuvering in terms of people's boards and things like that it happens during the combine outside of something glaring. Um, you know, I know people were all up in arms that Robert Griffin, the third only, you know, was so, so tall. I think it was like six, one and three quarters or something like that. And, you know, people were like, Ooh, is that tall enough? And he still went second overall. So I was I, early I, on you know, that too, I, by the way. What's that? I was early on that too, by the way, both times when he came into the league and when he came to Cleveland, I was there <laughs> telling people it wasn't going to work. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, again, it's it's good because it's football, and the NFL has a way of having an event every month to kind of keep you involved. Um, but in terms of you know how much you know stock I put into it, in terms of where guys are going to go, it's very very little. Now, okay, the draft coming up April, I believe. So, do you believe that the Browns know what they're going to do already? I think it's end of May, but yeah, either way, um, end of May, it, or is it is it April? I don't know. Either way, um, you know, no, I don't, and that's that's the scary part. Um, I, and I, but I think I, if Should I they? hope, I hope it's Miles Garrett or or a, a Godfather like trade down scenario, um, you know, where where some other team is willing to give him like five first round draft picks or something along those lines, which isn't going to happen, but um, because it's the Browns and people feel like they can swindle them anyways. Um, right. It's so I, I hope they know what they're doing. I've long said the I wish they would go into the off season with. A plan like we're going to address this position with the, from the draft. We're going to address this position in free agency. We're going to do this and this and this, and then just execute the hell out of it. And every off season, I go into it and I I, I leave my you know scratching my head because I don't know what they're doing. Um, at least they got Jamie Collins resigned, which I think is a great first step. And then from there, just kind of fill them in. And I they have a lot of draft capital. They got a bunch more compensatory picks, so they have like I think five or six in the first sixty five, which is which is a lot of high draft picks. So. You know, trading down 
I mean, I guess you can do it, but do you need eight in the first 65? I don't know. I'd rather have the top guy overall and then kind of fill in where with the God-given picks you, were, you, were, you have and at your disposal. What I like about this draft is this, is how many picks we have. And because I think, like, next year now, you'll know whether or not, given who they drafted last year and who they're going to draft this year, you'll know whether or not these dudes know talent or not. Because it's not, you don't have two picks. And so it's like, well, we'll throw them at the board, see what happens. You got a slew, like 17 picks or whatever the hell it is. And if you know how to pick talent, you'll get talent with that many picks. And if you don't, it'll be evident. And so I, I have long said, I believe our coach is smart. I believe he knows how to communicate with today's athlete, and I think that that's wildly undervalued right now, as that I think that that's a huge piece to putting a good team together, and I believe Hugh has it, knows how to do it, and I, but I worry about the guys above him, honestly, being a bunch of paste eaters that don't know what the hell they're doing. And I, I, what I like about this draft is I feel like we'll expose that pretty, pretty fast, if I'm right. Yeah, well, I think you'll expose it one way or the other. Um, right. You know, and I, I right. think, you know, to your point there, they're, this is the litmus test for a lot of that. You know, they said last year, this year, next year, the foundation pieces, and this is the year they have the first overall pick. And, again, a bunch of picks in the top top four rounds. So they have really no excuse to, to, not, to not add some talent to this draft. You know, I'd almost wish as a fan that they would just they have the first pick and trade everything else you have and try to get as high as you can and then just, you know, Throw them at the at the highest quality players, but I know the numbers say you you want to have the most picks possible because in case you're wrong, blah 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 blah. blah. But I do, I do believe that if if they can't figure out a way to add talent this year, that there's no hope because I mean if you're if they're not going to do it again, what are they going to do? Get the first pick again next year and then do what with it if they if they if they fumbled it this time around? So no, I agree. Um, I don't necessarily know if they're pace eaters, but I do believe that <laughs> I can't say they're not based on what they did uh, last season with the draft. So we'll see. But this is the year. I know we say it all the time. It's the most important draft in team history and all that rhetoric. But it is. This is the, if, the, if this rebuild is going to work, it has to happen this year. I would agree. We're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. I want to shift gears to the NBA if I can now. Um, LeBron didn't play the other night, and uh, you know he was sick. I'm not going to jump up and down on him. I know Michael played with the flu and put up 55 or 58 or whatever the hell it was, and like he's the greatest and played 82 games, and LeBron never does. I'm not going to jump up and down on LeBron about that. But should I start to be worried about the fact that they can't beat anybody when he doesn't play? Uh, no, because if he doesn't play in the, in the playoffs, they're not going to win it anyway. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, but, it's, but, it's, but, it's unfortunate, but they also you. didn't have Kevin. They also didn't have Jr. I mean, it was it was Kyrie, a, a guy in a ten day contract, and 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 a, and, a, and a couple role players. You know, so I mean, it, it, maybe it's a a referendum on how you know good Kyrie is in terms of you know league wide dominance. But again, you know, the, the team isn't built to, to win with just Kyrie and a bunch of role players. It's built on the big three and a, and a bunch of shooters. And it's, you know, again, it was Kyrie and Kyle Korver and, and not much else for many of the guys. Kyrie had a very good box score. Um, people want to say it's empty, but the rest of the team didn't do anything. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, so if, you're, if, you, if they're going to the Eastern Conference playoffs with that lineup, then, yeah, I'd be concerned because it's going to be a quick exit. But otherwise, I, I, I think the Cavs are going to be just fine. Well, the reason why I'm worried about it, though, is that we're talking about LeBron James, who's a 14-year vet. This isn't a guy who's been in the league three years. My point is that he's closer to the end than he is to the beginning. And you hear a lot of NBA you know, talking heads say, you know, he's going to play at this level for the next five years. And he could, I agree with that, but he could also turn around and say, you know what? 
I don't want to do this anymore. Your boy's done. Well, when that happens, it's over. I mean, and, well, and you could also not want to do it here. Yeah, this regime is over at that point. You know what I mean? Like and this, so it's like I, 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 I'm worried about. You know what I mean? Like somebody's got to win the games when he's not there. Yeah, no, I agree. But I mean, I think it's if your if your concern is the Cavs aren't going to be very good once LeBron's no longer here. I mean, I I don't think that's a concern as much as it is reality. I mean, the window's now. And, you know, so letting, you know, having him rest, letting him do whatever he wants to do, really, during the regular season, knowing that once playoff LeBron comes, that he's, you, 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 you take the floor with the best player on the planet at any point in time, I think, is way more important than whether he plays at the flu or whatever he had. Um, you know, it, again, it's, I, I hesitate to, to focus much on the future because, I mean, we do, and I know as Cleveland fans, we're not really used to that. But we do really have to live in the now with these guys because the window is this year, next year, and maybe the year after. After that, you know, I think all bets are off. And I'd be, you know, I think you're looking at a situation where just given the way the contracts are, Kyrie's not here, Kevin's not here, JR's not here, none of these guys are here. And it's it's a completely different team by, you know, 2022, 2023. So Back to 21 I, I would I would much rather focus on now than then worry about what's going to happen when during Trump's second term. No waiting for next year. Zero waiting. Dude. No, We're taking care of business no now. Um, speaking of taking care of business now, uh, the Cavaliers started this season with not a lot of trade assets, not a lot of maneuverability, not a lot of options, and somehow or another, uh, the Cavaliers are going to walk, walk into March adding Kyle Korver, uh, two Williamses, uh, possibly Andrew Bogut, and, 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 and honestly, um, is David Griffin the NBA GM of the year? I, I have a hard time seeing how he's not. Well, he's a mad genius. I mean, the stuff he's been able to do with these guys and the flexibility of the contract he signs them to to move them is 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 a big deal. Um, you know, not many, I can't think of many GMs who would get teams to take Mo Williams and Chris Anderson knowing that both of them aren't going to play a single minute for them. But Griffin made it happen. Now, to that point, if the team wasn't as good as it is in terms of contention, you wouldn't have these guys on buyouts wanting to come here. Right, right. But, but to that point, he built this team to where it is, to where the, the guys do want to come here. Um, you know, having, he'll never get full credit because he has LeBron James. But in the, in the same regard, you know, you're crafting a trade to get Mike Dunleavy out of here, get Kyle Korver in, and save money in that same deal is, is highway robbery. And, you know, I, those kind of things will get overlooked. But, I mean, I can't think of another GM who's having a better run than Griff has over the last couple of years. But I think last year he was, like, seventh in executive of the year voting. So, I mean, he's, he's never going to get, you know, full credit because some guys are always going to get, you know, they're going to be the headlines. But in the same regard, again, um, you know, I, I think the way Griff maneuvers deals and acquires picks to just trade them again and uh, the, all the stuff he does, behind the scenes um, is is very much under-discussed. You could make the argument that Golden State's GM could be up there, too. I mean, they didn't know the, all three of those guys were going to be those guys, and then you, you then you build it where you can land Kevin Durant and that kind of signing. You could make that argument, too. But I, I Oh, for sure. But, I mean, how, how, how many years do you get credit for drafted Draymond Green? Right. Fair. That's fair. I, I just think you are right. I think David Griffin will forever be disqualified from the conversation because of how LeBron, how great LeBron James is, and that's not fair. Like He should be acknowledged for um, the deals that he does make and the moves that he has made. He's done a fantastic job, uh, you know, Griffin has. But he will get disqualified just because of the greatness that is LeBron James. That's well, not- very much like Ty Lue in the finals, right? I mean, I think, I think Ty was as big of a you know, component of that team winning yes. the championship as as any player was, but if, you know, when, when championships are won, it's going to come down to those three guys who were standing on those parade floats. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just the, just the nature of the beast. 
Yeah, that's the way it works. Mind-boggling that LeBron or David Griffin won't get credit because of LeBron. LeBron won't get credit because of David Griffin's move of bringing guys in and, 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 and having Kyle Korver join the team, which somehow or another like disqualifies LeBron's greatness. Oh, he needs Andrew Bogut. Well, yeah, LeBron can't play five on one. He Dude, can't. The, um, the amount of time, the amount of times I hear a, a sports fan say to me, you know, well, you know, Michael did it without help, and all these do nobody did it without help. You could list do the the amount of all stars that played with Michael Jordan is unbelievable. How good some all of the, famers, right, right. And I constantly hear about how he Jordan did it with nobody. No, first of all, he got beat by Detroit and Boston constantly until they went and got help, and then all of a sudden he got help and then he won. But we we it's revisionist history, and you know what I mean. That's just the way it is. And LeBron's facing a different thing now. He's got social media, and everybody's you know one hundred percent right on that goddamn thing, and nobody can be proved wrong. And he's just you know yeah, they're in a tough spot. They 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 really are. But this whole he did it without any help is just a bunch of lies. It's just flat out lying. There's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com, my man. We appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Let's talk to you then. And uh, we'll get you hooked up with Norm McDonald tickets. We'll do that next on Rock 1069. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. You're We're on Rock 1069. We're also online at WRQK.com. It's where you can podcast Friday's program if you missed it. You're a jerk. Do you know what's up there right now? I don't have a way of knowing that. Up at WRQK.com. Yeah. Well, yeah. you got a little bit of the best of Bill Paxton right there. Oh, yeah, because Bill Paxton died. R.I.P., homie. Yeah. And uh, you've also got, I don't know, like boobs and stuff. I'm sure there's pictures of butts. I think I did a This Week in Butts. So if you like, you know, rock and roll stuff, there's beer, there's 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 boobs, there's Bill Paxton. What else do you want in life? People go to our website. Uh, I would like a computer that worked. If I could vote. Yeah, I right. vote. Norm McDonald tickets up for grabs. Shortly, we'll do that. Oh, dude, honestly, I'm a little jealous of whoever wins those. Norm McDonald, hilarious. Remember Dirty Work, how funny that movie is? Hilarious. I don't remember Dirty Work. You should go back and watch it. Artie Lang's in that one. I, I know I've seen it. Is Norm still funny? Or is he one of those, like, that was time capsule funny? Um, I think if I go back and watch, like, the best of Norm McDonald's, I'm still going to laugh. Is he still funny today? Is he doing new material? He was doing the, he was, he was the, uh, uh, the KFC guy for a while. He was the colonel. I'll ask again. Is Norm McDonald still funny? I guess Rob Riggle was doing the KFC guy thing, and he's considered to be today's funny. All right. All right. I'll let Norm McDonald up off the mat. He was great at the SNL desk, at the, at the news desk. Probably... He was great on SNL, just awesome on SNL. He and Dennis Miller are the best news guys who have ever been at the SNL desk. I would say that. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'd go see Norm. He is funny. So we'll pass those out here shortly. I uh, So I, I, I was trying to keep this straight yesterday, and sometimes I'll admit that this stuff confuses me. When we start talking transgender issues, because I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What a minute, What happened? Who started out as who? Who's turning into what? Like, sometimes it just kind of confuses me. Right. But if I have this right. I think with the transgender issue, and, and we do need to make a little bit of room, no matter where you stand on it, that it's just so complicated. It is complex. Like, it is hard to keep things straight. It's hard to like, all right, wait, that what? Being confused right. about it isn't you being a bigot. Uh, right. It's me being confused right. about like, whoa, what the hell's happening right. here? Right there, there, and sometimes That's that message fair. gets convoluted. Okay, so if I'm reading this right, if I have read this story correctly, what has happened here is that a young woman who decided to transition into a young boy and has been doing so for the last two years has just wrapped up 
a wrestling tournament in Texas mm-hmm. where born girl transitioning into boy is now wrestling in the girls division and has won the tournament. Correct. And it has people up in arms about it. Correct. Okay. Now, it seems to me that some of this is just anger over the fact that we're allowing a transgender person to compete. There's going to be some of that. Welcome To live, to do anything, right? Welcome to Texas. There's going to be just part of that that's Texas. Okay? okay. And then it also seems to me that there is people who were fighting for, because I believe if I have read the story right, the wrestler um, himself, is it Mac Beggs? Do I have that right? Mac Beggs? Sure. Mac Beggs is wanted to wrestle in the boys division and was told you would not be allowed. No, you're not allowed to because you were born a female. Born a female. Correct. And so then forced to wrestle in the female division. Correct. Okay. Now, I was like, again, reading this and I was like, wait, what? Shut the computer down. I'm done. I don't even want it done. Who turned it to who? And like, I got kind of confused. Right. So I was like, okay, well, this is a wrestling story. Right. So let me go to a wrestling expert and, and or somebody who kind of covers these kinds of things. And so I went to Joe Rogan, who is obviously very tied into the UFC world, to the wrestling world, pays attention to wrestlers as they're growing up because future, you know, UFC stars in the like fighting sports. Yeah. Joe Rogan's all in. fighting sports. Right. And he was a wrestler and all this kind of thing. And he seemed to take this theory and I have a hard time arguing with him. Which is, if you're taking testosterone, though, that is going to be a wildly unfair advantage of you facing off of, uh, of against other girls who are not taking testosterone. According to uh, Texas state law, if a performance-enhancing drug is prescribed to you via physician, you can't be disqualified, you can't be penalized for anything like that. Okay, so there's the legality under the competition committee, but let's I'm, well, I'll move it outside the, the realms of just obvious conversation and... That's obviously an unfair advantage, correct? Sure, yeah, but there's, but, but, but I think the point of that is, is that well, he didn't want to wrestle the girls, so like this isn't necessarily his fault. No, if, if anything, this is Texas. Well, okay, now we see an issue, and how are you going to address it? Now, what I think a majority, or not a majority, but I think what some people are going to say is, well, if you're born with a vagina, you got to wrestle the girls. Well, now it's like, all right, but now I'm taking testosterone. Well, does that put me into a different? Class or cat, you know what I mean? So, are we going to see men's, women's, transgenders? I don't know if there'll ever be enough transgender people in one specific sport to warrant its own league or, uh, right. or, or section of right. I, I, I just not I mean, every school is going to have enough to field teams. No, so I, I think it'll always be like kind of like well, we have to incorporate into the existing structure. I th- I mean, if you're taking hormones and testosterone, you gotta right. But if you're taking Adderall, right? You know what I mean? Like, isn't that something that they're like, oh well, dude, Joe Hayden can't take Adderall because he's it's a performance enhancing drug. Well, I'm a kid taking Adderall. Does that make does that mean I can't be on the wrestling team? Testosterone will make you physically more. Uh, Adderall's not gonna make Adderall, you. Fi- Adderall doesn't make you physically more up and like at it. Yeah, it does. It doesn't make you any physically stronger. It gives you more endurance. As somebody who's used Adderall before, yes, it does. 
Yes, it does, dude. You're hype, man. Like you're. Up. I'm hype. I'm. I'm alert. I'm aware. I can't bench press anymore. But that's a part of athletics is being hype up. Uh, uh, yes, there's an. There's a competitive advantage to Adderall. Nobody's denying that. But when you're talking about giving physical hormones, like growth hormones and like strength hormones, essentially, to a young woman who then, I yeah, I just feel like that's a very unfair competition advantage and that but and that that this wrestler was denied wrestling the boys right because in case that she had won we were saving boys embarrassment i can only assume that was the reason right when i was in high school there was a girl who just wrestled on the team as a girl she wasn't like transgendered or anything yeah i remember we had one of those she wrestled boys all the time and she kicked her asses often like so i don't know if necessarily that was the that was the meaning behind it i guess that's been a thing yeah i mean i I mean like that liz chick she was good like she did kick ass at, at wrestling I uh, this makes me uncomfortable, but not for the reason people think. I think this was an unfair competition advantage, and I think you got to look at that. And we're in the new world, and you got to understand that rules that were rules before are going to need to be made to be amended when we're dealing with social so issues like you this. think he should have been wrestling boys? How do I feel? And, and does the competition? Well, you should be wrestling boys. Does that mean he should use the boys' room now, or should he stay in the girls' room, or what? You know. Well, again, you got to understand, I'm one of those people that just let people pee. Right. You know what I mean? I believe that, uh, y- yeah, just go to the bathroom. Like I, And so, like, I don't have a problem where he pees. Um, I don't have an issue with that. But if I was the parent of a young girl who just got beat, I'd be like, well, but did you get beat? What if What if you got beat by a parent of a young girl whose doctor prescribed them steroids? You know what I mean? Like, that's... You know, I would have an issue with that. Yeah. I don't think that that's unfair. I, I, I guess there's going to be other examples, and there's already a rule in place there of, well, you know, if you're prescribed by a doctor, then that is a doctor's recommendation. Yeah, but dude, they weren't thinking about the transgender issue when that no, happened. No, but, I mean, it applies to any performance-enhancing drug that a kid may be on. Again, I think, I don't know if being alert off of Adderall is going to help you in a wrestling match more than testosterone. Testosterone is, I mean, dude, legitimately, that is going to be a strength advantage. Kids get, you know, prescribed steroids all the time. Uh, I guess, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm going to assume that that's true. I don't have the numbers in front of me of the average amount of students. Or, uh, well, how many athletes in the wrestling tournament over the weekend were d- prescribed steroids? I'm not hearing that. I don't, I'm not saying there aren't any, but I'm not hearing it. This is a sticky situation, and it does need to be figured out. Because i got to admit, like if I'm, if I'm the parent of a girl in Texas who just lost in that tournament, I'm not sure I'm happy about it. Now, I think I, you know, you ultimately got to tell your kid, look, you, you know, wrestle better, you probably win. You know what I mean? But there, there's going to be part of that. But to pretend that this wasn't an advantage and it did not help this person would be a flat out lie. Now, you do got to go back to the point to where the wrestler himself wanted to wrestle the boys and was right. told no. So, like, I don't know what you do next year. Yeah, this wasn't like him saying, dude, I'm going to kick all these girls' asses and I'm going to win this state championship. He wanted to wrestle boys. Could only wrestle where 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 he was allowed to wrestle. And again, for those of you that walk away and always think I'm so anti-gay and anti-trans, I will remind you. Notice how I keep referring to this young boy as a young boy the way he would wish, that I'm respecting the wishes of this person which speaks to the intent of my personality and how I like to approach situations, even though some of you hear things and think that you're so smart and take to Twitter and try to call me a bigot, but whatever.
But I will admit that if I were the parent of a young girl today in that tournament, I'm not sure I'm wild about the fact that that has happened. Norm McDonald playing the Hard Rock Roxino yeah. on the 14th of April. We'll take caller 20 right now at 1-800-243-7625. Sending to Norm McDonald and more Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. You're uh, probably aware by now that we lost the life of actor Bill Paxton, which is sad, and most notably, at least in my lifetime, famous for this piece of audio right here. Well, that's great. That's just f***ing great, man. Now what the f*** are we supposed to do? We're some real pretty s*** now, man. You finished. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the f*** are we going to do now? What are we going to do? That will always be Bill Paxton for me. That 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 right there, that and Chet from uh, from Weird Science are like the two Bill Paxton things to, uh, for me. Do we have that? Hey, that looks pretty oh, yeah. good. A little Chet there. Now make yourself one, thick weed. <laughs> yeah, the laugh is uh, it will yeah. always be iconic. That haircut and the cigar and that whole thing will always be. A huge part. And I had a brother kind of like that who would just like beat the crap out of me and do that kind of stuff. I had a Chet as an older brother, so that that resonated with me as a kid. I mean, honestly, those are the two movies that I think of as Alien and, 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 and Weird Science, but uh, dude, Bill Paxton really did have one hell of a uh, of resume. You throw Twister in there, which is a pretty iconic 90s movie. Not movie movie, but it's just so like perfectly captures. Uh, pretty big movie though, yeah. Perfectly captures that era, that time. Even like, I mean, there's just, there's just so many things the guy's done he really was an accomplished actor. Big Love was big on HBO. Yeah. I know people love that show. I wasn't a fan of it myself, but I know it did, it was pretty big. Uh, he was in Titanic. I mean, that was a, I yeah. mean, it, it hard to you know hard to get bigger than that. Um, he was also going to be in a new TV show called Training Day, which is obviously based around the movie, and they swapped the roles around. He was going to be like the bad, hardened old cop. I think he was doing another new TV show too, so that's gotta suck. As like two new TV shows you're working on, you've got an actor involved in, and you think it's like, dude, awesome, we've got him, he's a huge name, and then he dies. It's like son of a bitch. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, son that. of a bitch. I mean, essentially, like, dude, if you just croaked over like the the ninth week into this show, I'd be like, oh, oh now what do we do? God damn it! Absolutely. Uh, I heard last night at the Oscars that Nat Sanders, a Jackson High grad, was part of the Moonlight production, yeah. and so he was on stage via that. That's kind of cool. So yeah. shout out to them. Um, I'm hearing some people claim that they think that this whole Oscars snafu that happened last night with Warren Beatty reading the wrong movie was in fact staged. I did too. That's as soon as I heard about it this morning. First thing I thought is, "Wow, well, this is fake." I thought I, there are people claiming that what they did here is because the you know the last year the hashtag was Oscars so racist, right? That what they did this year was try to make the joke of "Ha ha, see the typical white la la land one," and then nope. And then and, it, and then it did not come uh, off well. I, I think more than that, I think it's just, dude, we are in a little bit of a, uh, we're not as relevant as we once were. The concept of the Oscars and these award shows, not as relevant as we once were. Remember when Steve Harvey messed up that 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 Miss America or whatever? Everybody contest? talked about Everyone it. Everyone talked about it. And they're like, dude, you know what we're going to do? That's probably more like We're going to mess it up. We're going to mess it up. So, I, yeah. As That's as- how bad TV's gotten. That's how bad event television has become, where we have to screw it up. For it to become important. That's crazy. 
Well, like I said this morning, nobody cares. Like, the least, award shows are so pretentious. Right. Especially so something like especially something like that that's so I mean, nobody's even seen these movies. Like I, I guarantee you the average American has seen what? Maybe two of the movies that won Oscars last night, if that. Like when it comes it. to average Americans. I doubt it. I have the ability. I'm, I have a I have a jailbroken fire stick with Cody on it. I can watch any movie anywhere, anytime. I and I skip over Moonlight. I skip over La La Land. I skip all over all that stuff. Just get me to goddamn Star Wars. Right. I mean, and I'm not saying, well, let's just give Star Wars the award. Let's just give Avengers the award. Let's just give Guardians of the Galaxy the award. But why are we not awarding the things that people actually watch? Um, because it's just like a, fa- a popular band. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, beca- Nickelback's never going to win the Grammy. Right. Just because they sell eight or, million records. That's not. Uh, that's no, not. That's not a great analogy. But yeah, you you take the point. I there. know what you mean there. So yeah. it's just it's just I, I don't know. There's got to be a, a an Oscars, and then what about like a gyms and gyms were like, hey, here's the real awards. Here's like the the honest to God. This is what America watched. This yeah, is the Willies like. and Joes. Right, exactly. Let's like, do a Willies and Joes. Joes. Who the hell's Oscar? Let's do the Willies and Joes. I, I do. I like that one. I like it a lot. Uh, it turns out, Phantom, yeah. that video games yeah. are inherently dangerous. And I'll tell you how that happens next on Rock 106. Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Still to come is a four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge game. That will be, I believe, it is March 4th. Yup. Phantom will be your in-arena host for that. We have a four-pack of tickets. We'll give you those here at 9.30 this morning. Once again, shout out to Charge Nation, everyone that came out this weekend and watched some hoops in the uh, in the Civic Center. And uh, shout out to Queen Cook, man. Uh, got signed to a 10-day can- contract to the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, it's bittersweet. Hate to see him leaving the charge, but really happy that the dude's going to go on to bigger and better things. So, uh, yeah, shout out Queen Cook. So we have a four-pack. We'll hook you up at 9.30. You know, video games are big business. I mean, billions of dollars spent every year on yeah, this Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, when you consider the amount of research and everything that goes into them, the, the, the graphics and stuff like that, it's no wonder it's a billion-dollar industry. And uh, it, it can drive, honestly, a huge part of the holiday spending because that's uh-huh. when consoles and new titles and stuff will come out. I know, like, uh, the new Nintendo system is uh, out next week. I'm not a video game guy at all. I'm really not, but I do love Zelda games. And that commercial where they're showing that new Zelda game off, I'm like, oh my God, I want it. Like, yeah. I genuinely do. That, and I'm not a video game. That at all. new Nintendo is called, what is it called? The Switch, I believe, Switch, is yeah. what it's called. And essentially, it's a home system, but then you pull the center of it out and can kind of take it on the go. And so all the games come with like multiple platforms there the console version, and then you pull it out and it move, turns into like a mobile version. And that will be huge for the younger end of the video game player, right? And I want a Nintendo Switch pretty bad. And I'm like you, because yeah. of the Zelda, I'm Looks like, sweet. I kind of want to get my hands on that Zelda and see what that's all about. And uh, But they're tough to find, and apparently you know, you have to have it on pre-order, and I don't or whatever. And uh, actually, over the weekend, on the other consoles, a, a beta, or like a test version of a new game came out too, which is the new Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands, and it's awesome. Like, I downloaded the beta for that, and it's pretty cool. Like, if you like The Division, you'll like Wildlands. It's, it's basically The Division in the Jungle. Now, once upon a time, um, these Tom Clancy games were video game adaptations of his books. Correct me if I'm wrong, but now isn't it like Tom Clancy just like will write video games? Like, these are video game exclusive stories? I believe that's true, yes. Is that, that he's become such a... A big staple in the video game industry that that's true. Like those right. Rainbow Six games when they first started coming out were so good. 
Um, and Which is crazy that you could take an author, a pretty well-respected author. Now, granted, like Tom Clancy novels aren't like... I mean, as far as a fiction author. Right, 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 right. You know, but you could take an author who's, you know, very well-respected and put him into the world of video games. And he's like, hey, you know what? This is a worthy like endeavor for me. That that really does speak to how far uh, what was once Pong in your, in your basement has now turned into a multi-billion dollar, you know, empire. Well, Bill Paxson, again, who died, uh, you know, over this weekend was huge in the video game world as far as like reading and doing the voiceovers and stuff like that. Right. Samuel L. Jackson's another big one. A ton of money to make there, dude. If you have a recognizable <laughs> voice, yeah. Huge amounts of money on that. It's, as a matter of fact, it's something I would like to actually uh, get into, but it's very, very difficult. Um, the, uh, there's a guy named Chris Nolan that does like 85% of the voices in video games. Um, he's been making a living at it for a, for a long, long time. But there's another huge part of this video game world that I'm not really into. And apparently they stream themselves playing online games via a service called Twitch.tv. Right. Now, Twitch is, I believe, comes installed on like a PS4 and an Xbox. I don't do this. Yeah. I don't care about streaming my, my, my playing out to other people in the world. But it's become a pretty big source of... Well, pride for people. And essentially what's happening with that is that you're playing your video game, whatever it is, and you're letting other people watch you, right? Yeah. And uh, some of... Is that me just watching what you're playing, or is this me watching you and what you're playing? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I watching Stansberry and Battlefield or whatever the video game's called? That's an excellent question. Am I just watching Battlefield? Anytime I've ever clicked on the Twitch thing on my Xbox One, it's only been because I'm like, well, I'm interested about that game. That dude's playing that game. Let me see it. And all I've ever seen is the game itself. Okay, okay. All right, so as far as I know, I don't do a lot of this, but I I will watch the Twitch channel occasionally. If if somebody's playing a game that I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about buying that, let me look into that um but there's apparently now there's this thing where guys have built like online fandom for how good they are at certain games they've become now like the guys of these games in which and women sorry you know there's a part of me that would like to say that's absolutely ridiculous who's gonna sit there and watch somebody play a game Except I watch Cavs games all the goddamn time. You know what so I mean? So essentially, like, right. Right. Welcome to the new world. I could go shoot hoops instead, and, and the, you could just play the video game. Well, I could go play basketball. Honestly, my ex-girlfriend, as long as it was a game she was interested in, would have much rather curled up with a blanket like on the couch and watch me do that versus watch something on TV. She was very interested in the gaming. Well, world. which goes back to what we said about Tom Clancy writing some of these games, and obviously the graphics I mean, of these like games. Movies they now. are. I they're mean, like movies now. So there, but another one of these things that's happening for, uh, via these streaming services like Twitch is guys are guys and women both are collecting like fan bases, okay, and then like people will donate money and like the and these people will raise money for charities, okay, and like so you do you give them like an online donation for being for watching it, being awesome at it, and then they donate that money, okay, all right. So there was a guy that was doing this in Virginia Beach. Who had been on like a 24 hour marathon. Jeez. God, dude. I can't even be awake for 24 hours. Playing World of Tanks on the streaming platform Twitch.tv. Okay. And uh, he told his followers he was he was playing the game that he was raising money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Everybody knows Make-A-Wish. That's awesome. Very worthy. But on early Sunday, apparently, he stood up from his computer to take what is listed here as a smoke break. <laughs> Right? He God, was, cigarettes, dude. You're sitting there for 24 hours playing a video game, trying to save money, cancer kids, and you're like, no, I got nicotine. <laughs> Nic- give, me give, give me the cigarettes. Give me our new port. This guy, 29 years old. Oh, right. no, I'm sorry. 
um, that's his friend who's saying this, who she's 29, said she could tell by watching the screen that he was in rough shape. He stood up and then collapsed and apparently had a heart attack and died. Brian Vignall was 35 years old. Heart attack at 35? He spent over 22 hours playing the online war game World of Tanks. I don't play World of Tanks, but I hear it's actually pretty good. Jessica uh, Gerbauer was 29, watching it, said he was in rough shape. She says here, I watched him uh, about a half an hour before he said he'd be right back. He just looked really tired. We were telling him, go to sleep. This stream can wait. Uh, Virginia Beach police uh, say they responded to a 911 call for cardiac arrest. He was pronounced dead at the scene. The cause and manner of his death remain under investigation. The medical examiner's office said uh, they say um, they're not going to blame the video game streaming itself, but it was definitely an unhealthy decision that led probably part of this. My guess is he was also hopped up on, I'm guessing here, but dude... uh, I'm guessing a lot of those Red Bull or Monster, oh, those yeah. type of energy drinks, and being a smoker uh, was, and you remain stationary that long, put a lot of unhealthy stuff in your body, and then you know go, you know, try to move and stuff like that. It's going to cause problems. Not too much of a stretch to assume that somebody who is playing a video game for 24 hours consecutively, smokes cigarettes, and 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 is going to be awake for 24 hours. Yeah, is making some bad decisions when it comes to stimulants. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to hear it was something more than just Red Bull and Monster or whatever the case is. But to have a heart attack at 35, you're right though. He's probably overweight and playing video games his whole life, living the stereotype, right? Just sucking down fast food and and and, and playing Mario Brothers for his entire life. So I guess you can't be surprised when your heart blows up after exactly. 24 hours of video games. An expert ha- says here, there's a lot of pressure on a lot of these people to go to extremes to build an online audience, he said. It doesn't seem that grilling on, on the surface, but you're interacting with people and playing a video game and temporarily putting off your biological needs. That's totally true. Um, again, the woman that they went to for comment who was watching when she died said, these are not uncommon. I've done a 24-hour marathon myself. By doing it for so long, you get people from all the different time zones, she said. There's more opportunity for donations, and that's what they're doing. They're trying, And essentially what this is is you're being validated. There's a little bit of like much like Twitter and Facebook where it's like if you say right. the most clever thing, everybody clicks it or likes it or retweets it, and now all of a sudden you feel really special. And, you know, oh, my God, listen to this. This guy did some good for the world, man. He raised $11,000 for different charities during his five-year streaming career. Yeah, you know, great. Like, That's awesome. amazing. It is. It, that really is. And to take something that you know is, is, is not necessarily the most productive thing in the world, playing video games, and to translate into, hey, I'm going to turn this into charitable donations, hats off to the guy. But man, you got to make better decisions for yourself. A father of three has died. Yeah. Because man. he was playing video games. Like, I, like at some point, he, and again, I'm a gamer. I spent all weekend playing Ghost Recon Wildlands. I'm a total Totally in on this stuff, dude. When a, when a new Call of Duty or something like that comes out, like I've been, I think my career lo- career, I think my longest session ever was sixteen hours. That was like the longest I could make it. That's insane to me, dude. And That's I was out of work insane. at the time, and it was ten years ago. I could never do it now. I don't have the dedication for that now. But geez, twenty four hours just died, heart attack, over at thirty five years old. That's way too early, man. Way too early. We have a four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge. That game is on March the 4th. We'll get you hooked up next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Tomorrow is New Turd Tuesday. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Rock Casino. If you're in a local band, we would uh, we would sure take your submissions. 
stansradiowrqk.com is where you can send those. Make sure it's radio edited. Give me a short little bio on the band. We'll get you uh, some exposure. I know we have done so for White Buffalo Woman, Trunk Ride, and a bunch of other local artists. Erica Dawn. Erica Dawn we gave some exposure to. That's right. Didn't expose ourselves to Erica Dawn, but I actually saw her over the weekend. I had that remote up at uh, T-Mobile, and she was working there, and she was very excited to see me. Let me guess. Automatically assumed you would know who she was. (laughs) Tried to sell me tickets. Hey, do you want some tickets? Nice girl. Pretty self-important on Twitter, Um, as we all are. She is talented, though. Looking ahead to tomorrow, you're getting new DJ Khaled uh, featuring, uh, dude, Hova and Beyonce part of that. Nice. Yikes. New Sam Hunt and new Linkin Park. I have not heard the Linkin Park. Fantone says it's not very good. It's it's pretty bad. Heard it. It's not very good. I have not. I uh, Which I can imagine. I mean, let's be honest. When's the last... I mean, how long was Linkin Park going to make good music for Well, especially when you consider that the new Linkin Park star set has just taken their sound and moved it into the new era. It's like, yeah, we don't need you guys anymore. Right. So we'll take a listen to that tomorrow, 9 o'clock. No matter where you work, everybody thinks their boss is an idiot. Everybody thinks their boss is an idiot, and uh-huh. everybody thinks their company's doing it wrong, and if they would just listen to you, they would get it all figured out. Except for the Stansberry show. We don't feel that way at all. No, I totally feel oh, that way. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, uh, but it is true. It's like, the, that, that's the American worker. It's yeah. like, you know, my boss is an idiot, and really what it is is that your boss doesn't have to care about the things that you have to care about. Right. That's why you have a job. Now, you know, I, yeah, you can't argue with that. There's, there's a reason why. It is a frustrating place to be. Now, everyone feels that way, only some people are right in their feelings, but it is a terrible place to be when you're smarter than your boss. When you're better at doing that job than your boss is, dude, it is just the most frustrating place in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. yes. I know you know what I mean. Yes, I know you I find it annoying every day. (laughs) I find it annoying every single day. Right? And everybody kind of fantasizes about the way to quit their job. I thought you were going to say strangling their boss. And I was like, yeah, I would, but I couldn't get my fingers around his fat neck. Right? No, God, no. God, no. <laughs> I would just try like, to strangle him. It just never happened. Maybe Matumbo could get his, <laughs> his hands around that fat, just that fat, just grease factory that is called his neck. You could try to hang him, and it wouldn't work, dude. He's just snapping, that, dude. Just that thick neck. He has been called Branch Snapper since he was a youngin'. There's no hanging him. He's too rotund for it. Can't do it. Okay? But we all fantasize about quitting our jobs. What mm-hmm. is it to be like? Telling the boss off. Mm-hmm. That's like one of those moments in life. It's in every movie because everybody wishes they could do it. Who's coming with me? Everybody wishes yeah. they could do that, yeah. right? But a guy's done it. And he quit a job in the most fantastic fashion maybe ever. And he wrote his two weeks notice down and okay. handed it in to his boss. Okay? Okay. But he wrote it on toilet paper. Jeez. And he used his wife's eyeliner to do it. And he says here, I have chosen this type of paper for my two week for my two week resignation as a symbol of how I feel this company has treated me. And ironically, of uh, how this paper is disposed of when you're done with it. I feel like that's where the company is going. And he drew a toilet. And basically wrote his two-week resignation down on toilet paper, basically telling his company, this place sucks, it's a toilet, it's a cesspool, you guys suck, I'm out. Now, the only thing I'm... That's awesome. It is, dude, it is. I'm sure he felt... 
is awesome. Felt great doing it. But obviously, I don't know why you'd make it your two week. I would have made that my effective immediately because as soon as you hand that to your boss, your boss is telling you to go F yourself and get out of here. I think that's maybe what he wanted. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want to do these two weeks. I don't want that, though. Then then, then man up and do it. Wipe wipe your butt with it. Put it on your boss's desk and there you go. No, no, no. And there you go. That's uh, that's excrement and I believe placing it in areas where it's not supposed to go. I believe they could charge you for it. I would not do it. Do the doo-doo wipe. I would not not excrement all over your boss's desk. I, I, as a guy who loves being disrespectful to, 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 to authority in his line of work, I love it. Get off on it. I would not wipe my ass with anything and place it on his desk. A, I'd be worried my boss would think it was chocolate. And B, and B, he would, too. Totally and he totally would. And B, it's just not appropriate, and I believe you could be, well, you could be criminally charged for it. And probably should be. Drop the poop note. That, there's no better way to tell them. Drop what's the best note. What's the best way you've ever quit a job? I quit a job. I was waiting tables at this restaurant in the Merriman Valley down in Akron or up in Akron. I'm sorry. Um, and it was a family-owned business, and it was fine dining. So I was making a ton of money. A little bit of a drug problem there, too, your boy had. But um, I was making a ton of money, and like these people were just asses dude they were just terrible people so i like wrote this letter to them you know typed it up or whatever and just like crapped all over the establishment their business their 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 managing stylings and all that different stuff like went really personal with it not personal it was professional in the sense of like it was critiques of the business but i went like for the jugular with it and i printed out like a hundred copies and just handed them out to all my other co-workers and eventually one of the bosses like got a hold of it and was like you're fired I'm like, all right, well, good. <laughs> See, that was my goal today. So, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So, I think the best way I've ever quit a job. Well, I torpedoed one and tried to get fired. Right. That was a lot of fun. But once upon a time, I had a company put me into a us or them choice. And I was being asked, at least I thought so, to sell out my, what my morals are. And was being asked to do so, and I didn't want to. And so, like, three members of management all got together. We all got into a room. We started having a conversation. And these three guys who you could tell they came up with a dollar amount where they went, there's no way he'll say no to this. There's no way. And they were so, I don't want to say smug. That's not the right word. But they were sitting there in their chairs, and you could tell they felt, we got him. There's no way nobody could say no to this. And as it, as it came across their faces and they were like, here's what we're prepared to do. I just leaned back in my chair and advice of counsel said, I'm inclined at this juncture to say no. And the looks on the faces of those people, not, and, and I don't relish it because I wasn't angry at them. Like I wasn't like, I don't hate them or anything, but there was a moment when powerful dudes who could trade me like a baseball card, were told no, and I realized in that moment, oh my God, this was an incredible amount of power that I've had over the last like couple of months, and especially these last two hours. And when it hit their faces that I had said no, and they realized, oh God, we, got to, we, got, we have to go into panic mode and figure out what we're going to do here, there was a moment where I felt like walking out of there that day where I was like, I feel damn good about who I am as a person right now and say whatever you want about the decision. I will be able to go home tonight and be able to go to bed respecting myself and feeling like I did the right thing, whether it was the smart thing or not. I felt like I had done the right 
thing. And that moment, I did. I, there, were, there was like a source of pride that I had in that moment. Uh, that's probably the best way I've ever quit a job. Because like I said, I got to watch like, you know, smart, intelligent, like corporate types go, oh God, now what do we do? Like th- that whole moment when you, when you finally catch the roadrunner and it's like, now what? Like I got to watch that. That was kind of fun. We do have a four pack of tickets for the Canton Charge game. That's on the 4th of March. We'll get you hooked up next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We do have a four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge game on the 4th. We'll give you those here just uh, momentarily. This post is going viral, has been for about a week now. We haven't talked about this yet, about a minimum wage mom got her tax return. Instead of yeah. spending it on like shoes or all that stuff, she what she paid the rent through the end of the year. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, I, and I'm smart. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, a, a better investment than like, you know, frivolous shoes. things. Yes. But... And this certainly isn't the first family that's done this. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, "Oh my God, can you believe this?" I think this has happened before, right? I, I mean, that's right. I, 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 you know, maybe it's because it's the times we live in, and people want to feel like they're a good person it's for sharing it. It's a positive it. news story, right. and the news never does that. It's like, even though half the news is like an anchor hugging a koala bear, but whatever. I mean, you tell you mean to tell me that at no point during the nineteen you know eighties or nineties or before we had Facebook, nobody was like, well, here's the other thing: a lot of places won't let you do that. Yeah, I mean, not every landlord's going to say, hey, yes, I will take all that money. I tried to do it in Parma once where I had the money and I said, hey, when I when I got the apartment, they were like, well, we need first and last. I said, well, what if I just write you a check for the year? And they were like, you can't do that. Why not? And they wouldn't let me do it. They never still actually never gave me a good reason on that. I don't know if there's like legalities of it or what the what the what the what the lawyers are saying about it. But like. I don't know. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is the best mom in the world." It's a good mom. It's yeah. a smart mom. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely smart. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, she paid all of her rent up front. That doesn't mean she's not smoking crack next weekend, right? I guess that's true. You know, oh, she took care of all well, her rent. No, I think somebody that shows responsibility like that probably does not smoke crack. I, I'm just gonna guess. I'm guessing. I don't know. Would have dropped that whole check on the crack, probably. Right? I would think crack's pretty powerful. That one speaks loudly in the. Uh, in the subconscious there like let's buy that instead let's get that like you know you always see those those you and then the inner you thing with kermit i think do crack the inner crack is pretty strong dude like that one speaks up pretty loudly there uh, uh but yeah that post people seem to be loving that but it is smart yeah i guess tyrone biggums didn't necessarily spend his entire tax rebate check not, on rent yeah not <laughs> I even a i guess that's bit. a good point not even a little bit there Aside from that, we are done. Let's yeah. pass out these charge tickets. Yep. It's a four-pack of tickets to the to the game on the uh, on the fourth there, uh, which is what Sunday, Sa- Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday the fourth there. Uh, it's this Saturday. We have a four-pack. Let's get you hooked up right now. Call her twenty one eight hundred two four three seven six two five. We'll send you the charge game. Aside from that, done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning six a.m. on Rock one hundred six nine. You guys have a great day.